Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. everyone. Happy Monday. Happy President's Day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us as we embark on another week of the opening drive here on 101 ESPN. Busy weekend. Morning, CD. How you doing? Good morning. How are you? Everything's great. I want you to do the President's song at some point during the show. Okay, I will give you, I, I, I will do as many as I can. As, I don't know all of them. We, we worked on it yeah. last time. I get to I think maybe 16. If you get to 16, Amen. get to Chester A. Arthur, and I'm a happy camper. I that's, might be able 21. to get that far. Maybe. 20. That's, a, that's he, Abraham Lincoln. I kind of get uh, 16. Him. I get that. <laughs> Chester A. Arthur has to be the most under-the-radar president. Most people don't even realize he was a president. That That is Millard Fillmore? See, I think people, just because of the name. Okay. Okay. But, Franklin uh, Pierce. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. Just, that sounds <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay, Franklin Pierce to me sounds like a, a linebacker for the Raiders in the 80s. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sports show. It's 701. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And what a weekend it was. It started on Friday night when the Blues announced that they traded Captain Ryan O'Reilly and forward Noel Achari to Toronto for first and third round draft choices this summer and a 2024 second rounder in young forwards, Mikhail Abramov and Adam Gaudet. The Blues president of hockey operations is Doug Armstrong. I think there's still good players in there, and I think that if we can tighten up defensively, uh, we do have enough scoring. Uh, now, as a as a manager, what you what I'm going to do is look down and see what what players are are buying in. I know what winning looks like, and I also know what quitting looks like, and that's what I'm going to be watching on which way uh, which way we go. This is not going to be a really good hockey team for the rest of this season. And we're probably looking at a a two-year drought. He wants to emulate the Kings, but the Blues are not going to be a real serious Stanley Cup contender now for a few years. They do have three first-round draft choices this year, ordinarily. First-round draft choices in the NHL, unless it's a top one or two pick. They don't wind up in the league for a couple of years, and they don't wind up making an impact for three or four, and the Blues have to get some of these contracts of defensemen off the books to be better. They've still only got next year only about $4 million under the cap. When you say a two-year drought, that that probably put struck fear in a lot of Blues fans right there because no one we talked about it off air. No one wants to watch bad hockey or bad baseball for, for a year, let alone for two years. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting what Armstrong said, and I know what winning looks like, and I know what quitting looks like. That's a shot to the people that are in that locker room yep. saying, hey, do your job. Do your job. It does not matter, you know, how you feel about the trades. This is part of the business. Everyone, you know, you, you may not agree with how we went about our deal, 
but it is it's done. And so do your job. And if you're not willing to or not able to, will you may be the next person that is on the on the play on the on the move. Later in the show, we want your mic drops with the 101 ESPN app about the trade. CD, I'm completely on board with this, and I've said it throughout the course of the process here. Once it became evident to me that the Blues were not going to be a Stanley Cup team and that they did have multiple unrestricted free agents, my thought process went to don't lose assets when you can get something for them. And now, here are the Blues trading Tarasenko for multiple picks, trading O'Reilly for multiple picks. They'll probably get multiple picks for Ivan Barbashev. And either way, you weren't going to have those guys. Mm -hmm. So you might as well spend 30 games without them during the course of the stretch of this season and get picks for them and also enhance your chances of winning the lottery this offseason. I think you would have been easier to sell that to Blues fans had you not won three in a row coming out of the break. I think when you won those three games after trading Tarasenko, mm-hmm. you go on that winning streak. As a fan, you start to think the, 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 the best part of it all, a championship. We can actually win a championship. And then you make a trade of the captain and then you lose two in a row and you give up 12 goals in those two games. Yeah. 11 goals. It's not... And the last one being a seven-goal stinker where you, you were down 6 0 5 nothing to, to, to start the game. That's hard as a fan to buy into. I, everyone will, will see, you know, eventually, because hopefully, you know, all of these draft picks turn out to be something spectacular and it turns out to be something beautiful in the long run. But when you're sitting in the middle of it, Randy, it is hard. It, yeah, is, it is a stench. We've been there. It's hard to, to sit there and be patient. We are in a microwave society. We want it right now. Well, we can't. We can't see two years from now. We can't see a year from now. So sitting in it right now is going to be tough for Blues fans to digest. And you got you got a bunch of games left. If they're going to perform in that manner, the way that they did last night, mm-hmm. giving up seven goals, it's going to be hard for people to watch them play. And even the teams that have the most money to spend. League, a 13-year window of excellence is really hard to extend. The Blackhawks couldn't do it. The Kings had a, a shorter window than that. The Bruins have not had that extent, although they, they've probably been the most successful. But when you look at franchises, Toronto hadn't won a playoff series since 2004. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons they went out and got Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari. So the Blues had a really nice run, and now that window of opportunity has come to a close. Kerry mentioned yesterday's loss to Ottawa, 7-2. They lost to Colorado, 4-1 to on Saturday. College basketball Saturday, slew rallies from 13 down in the first half. Gibson Jimerson with 28. Billikens knock off Duquesne, 90-85. to And CD, slew still has games against VCU and Dayton. They can still... They control their own destiny in terms of winning the A-10. Yeah, they do. We talked about it a couple of days ago. Just the fact that they still have those opportunities sitting, I believe, at number two still in the conference with an opportunity to go to VCU and in at VCU and win mm-hmm. that game. That's going to be an opportunity you know, for them to put themselves in the situation where they can possibly get that double bye. And Rock has talked about it extensively. Just that how important that double buy is if they are able to get it gives them an opportunity to win the A-10, which they will need in order to make it to the tournament. Mizzou falls at home to Texas A&M, 69-60. That wasn't very pleasant. Illinois loses to 14th-ranked Indiana, 71-68. And there's a sigh of despair from Kerry Davis. Well, they were winning. They were playing well on the road. um, And then it just, they they weren't able to finish, weren't able to finish the deal. And, And unfortunately, you lose by three. This is still a a young Illini team, young in terms of 
you know, new faces still trying to gel together. And, and you got a coach who is, I mean, Coach Underwood seems like I would I would probably love to play for him mm-hmm. because he seems like the guy, if you're doing your job, he's going to be on you, but you know the expectation. But sometimes when you're younger or from a different um, it had a different experience in college growing going through it your first couple of years and coming to that it still seems like it's it's a, a culture shock for a few of those young guys trying to figure out how to play basketball his way the right way but they have the physical ability to do so if they accept his coaching they're going yeah. to be good the new XFL got underway over the weekend and <coughs> this <coughs> the latest iteration of the St. Louis Battlehawks coming back for an 18-15 win over the San Antonio Brahmas Matthew Rocchio what do you got Oh, hey, we got a touchdown. A.J. McCarron leading two TD TD drives after the two-minute warning, including the game-winning touchdown pass to Austin Cole with 16 seconds left. Third and seven. McCarron has a receiver. Caught. Touchdown, St. Louis, and a flag on the play. That is pro. That's his dad, Ricky. Eighteen fifteen, Battlehawks win. <laughs> that was a that was. I mean, Randy, I watched that game, and let me tell you something. They had two first downs going into the fourth quarter. Talking about the Battlehawks, mm-hmm. it was tough to sit there and watch that offensive display for uh, three and three fourths of that game. Yep. It, it was it was re- maybe really three and seven eighths of that game. It was a really tough game to watch, uh, but to to see them get the victory in the manner that they did. I actually, I didn't know how I would feel about the the, the rules. You can go for one, you can go for two, you like can it. go for three, and then instead of an onside kick, you get a first and uh, a fourth and fifteen essentially from your own twenty five yard line. They were able to pick that up and continue to drive, which allowed them to go down. And Ricky Pro's son, Austin Pro, actually got the fourth and fifteen, the onside kick, mm-hmm. so to speak, uh, to start He's that drive stud. off. He is and did an outstanding job of catching a touchdown pass. I thought the best part of that was watching his father and him embrace after that touchdown. You know, it's one thing to 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 see your your kid have success from the stands. I know it's got to be a completely different thing to watch him on the sideline, be able to coach him, teach him how to run the routes, show him exactly what needs to be done, and he does it and, and has success and gets the game-winning touchdown. That, to me, was awesome. A.J. McCarron, 6'3", 220. <laughs> He is to the XFL with the 6'4", 225-pound Tom Brady is to the NFL. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going to be that champ. He's, he's going to be that guy yeah. for years to come? Well, at least the year. Okay. because yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Golf at the Hennessy Invitational. I call it the Hennessy Invitational because we're in St. <laughs> Louis. Uh, Tiger Woods finishes one under in a tie for 45th. Good weekend, Tiger. Good job, man. Uh, John Rahm wins, becoming the fastest golfer to three wins in a season since Johnny Miller in 1975. Last, uh, Ricky, somebody mentioned this Friday, asked if we would pull it off. Yes, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. snaps a 199-race winless streak by winning the Daytona 500. Congratulations to Rick, Ricky. That's any NASCAR driver named Ricky I'm a fan of. I hope he's driving the Wonder Bread car. Uh, I, I didn't watch enough of it to know whether or not. Or did he just have a me with a cougar on the hood? That would be awesome. Number as well. 62. I not know much about Ricky Stenhouse. Give me a moment. Ricky, okay. give, give me a moment. I can pull up his car. And uh, you know what we got last night at the NBA All Star game? We got a Jason Tatum minute. Jason Tatum is one of the best players in the NBA. Tatum drives down and throws it down. 
Oopsie City. Who do you got in the Super Bowl tonight? Oh, the St. Louis Rams. Oh, we can't let it go. The St. Louis Rams. It's time for the Jason Tatum Minute. Team Giannis outscoring Team LeBron 184-175. And St. Louis and Jason Tatum with a an All-Star Game record 55 points. He was the MVP of the NBA All-Star Game. It was awesome. I mean, well, the game wasn't awesome. It was awesome to see him perform in the manner that he did. Obviously, no one's playing any defense. Mm-hmm. But he was shooting the ball pretty well, had, had some really good dunks. Um, and, and the game, LeBron finally lost his first All-Star Game as a captain. Giannis got the win. It was a it, All-Star weekend to me was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I thought they they did a really good job of putting everything together. I loved the draft beforehand, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Uh, but uh, it was really nice to see Jason Tatum get the uh, get the All-Star win and the All-Star MVP. Okay, so we have a total of probably 18 on-air and sales employees here at 101 ESPN. If you include us, uh, T-Mac and Ajax, and then you've got three people with the BK and Ferrario show, three people with uh, the, the the fast lane, and then you've got a sales staff that includes, by the way, a former D1 player, Maggie Teslowski, who's terrific, and we've got maybe maybe a half dozen, seven or eight salespeople. i got a rule in radio. If salespeople aren't around for more than six months, I don't learn their name, so some we got, some we don't. Okay. Okay, so my, my question to the panel here this morning was, how long would it take our 18 to 20 people to score that many points, which was uh, 359 points. So basically 180 buckets. For our 18 people, Carrie and Matthew both said 10 minutes or less. Yeah. To, to, seven, to, seven. If we're, if we're talking just layups. Yeah, just layups. Now, if you were to move us out, free throw line. Extended mm-hmm. everywhere. <laughs> Free throw line. You move. You move us like six feet away from the hoop. It's gonna get. It's. I it still feel like it, you, you know because that is a tough shot. Yeah. That, that's a tough shot. But fifteen feet. It's a wrap. We're there we're for five there, hours. We're gonna right? be there all six day. hours. Yeah, we're gonna be there all day. Yeah. Action Jackson, Kerry Davis, uh, the the athletes on on the fast lane. Mm-hmm. Those guys are all. You guys are all hit, putting in buckets. We Once got a couple sales people who can absolutely make, make them drop. So well, I mean, I think I think is, I don't I don't think this is going as bad as you think it this is. This is completely uncontested. You I and don't, I are can you know do the mic yeah. and drill. I, I don't. I think our entire group. I think we take at least an hour to score three hundred and fifty nine uncontested points. Probably. I mean, we are. This, I, this sounds. Like I'd say there's going to be some heavy lifting mm-hmm. by by a few players. Like Mags, yeah, yeah Mags so, is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Shoulder's going to be a little sore. <laughs> I like how the, the athletic event that like Tim and the guys on the morning show did was beat a professional golfer. We're mm. like, let's put a video together where if we can score enough points against absolutely zero uh, Against air, yeah. <laughs> That's what we're thinking. The levels are different. The levels are different. I'm not saying we yep. shouldn't do it. I'm just saying the levels are different. Yeah. Hey, happy President's Day. Great to have you with us. If you are not working today, congratulations. We're forced to be here. Yeah, congratulations. Good for you. Good for good you. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of teachers at home right now. Good for them. Yeah, good they, for they, them. Good. They need a bankers. <laughs> yeah. Days off. Yeah. These kids. Our, our friends at the, uh, the postal kids service. Kids these yeah. days, Randy. <laughs> you know what? This time of year, February 20th, when I was a kid, there was snow on the ground. There was like two feet of snow. Right. And I would walk to school. And there were no sidewalks. It was like on like two feet of snow on top of grass. <laughs> yeah. Uphill both ways. Uh-huh. Going to school and back. And when I was in school, when I was like in third grade, fourth grade, and I've got friends that are listening that uh, were, were in grade school, Parkway grade schools at the same time. We know. So we started school at like five in the morning, got off at five in the <laughs> afternoon. It was dark when we went to school and dark when we were going home. It's amazing how that worked, isn't it? Yeah, it was awful. 
was awful. How we turned out, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Two miles, right? I yep. At yeah, least. Each way. Each way. Yeah. That's what you've been calling the good old days this entire time? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that great. You had to be there, Rock. Built character, built toughness. Yes, though. it did. You don't hear us. You don't see us flopping all over TV, do you? Nope. You see us showing up for work every day, every don't day. you? <laughs> work hard, <laughs> not just try hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! How many times have your players had to hear that? Jeez. Every I'm a single day. I'm, I'm sick of hearing it after one time out of your mouth. I can't imagine what just the players are at. Yeah. Just telling you. Hey. They, you're not cheating me, hey, you're cheating yourself. There you go. Hey, we were we're the second greatest generation. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, three things we loved about the weekend on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. <laughs> Three things we loved about the weekend. Number three. CD had a great time on Saturday night over at the Heights at Richmond Heights. We had the annual trivia night to benefit Fathers and Family Support Center, which does amazing work in St. Louis. So Fathers and Family Support Center has been around for 25 years, and their mission, their goal is to reunite fathers who haven't been involved in their kids' lives. Mm-hmm. They've got a boot camp that takes place at their facility. They, they will take young men who are just getting out of jail, put them into boot camp, and over the course of 25 years, Fathers and Family Support Center has reunited 19,000 fathers with 49,000 kids. They're going to pass 50,000 kids who actually get a father mm-hmm. back in their lives this year. And I, I always tell the folks over at Fathers and Family Support Center that this should be a national template. Yeah, It's a great, I mean, it's one of the best kept secrets of nonprofits in St. Louis. But the template is spectacular, and I'm so honored that they have me being a part of it because the young men, they benefit, but they like it. The kids obviously benefit because they get their dads back in their lives, and I was honored to to be a part of it. Congratulations to all the people involved with Fathers and Family Support Center on a great night. Yeah, that's an, an amazing, um, you know, just just what they do to keep these young men, keep their fathers, the young men and the kids, keep their fathers in their lives. It's important, extremely important for for kids to have their children, uh, to be in their children's lives. So I'm 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 sure you had a, a fan, a, an awesome time there and, and just really enjoyed the experience. But the, what they do, as I said, is so important to to families in our communities. It's it's it, it, it's it's inexplicable how how important our fathers are to our young men and young young women. Yeah, and, and we can't blame the kids because this is something that's been normalized in society yep. in that a kid grows up and his dad's not around and his dad has four or five kids from two or three moms and the dad's just not around. But that's the way they grew up. Mm-hmm. And so we're hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to end that circle and have dads be committed fathers to the, the kids that they bring into this world. Yeah, man. And at times, sometimes it just feels like it's overwhelming, over bearing for them, mm-hmm. but to get assistance, to get some some help in, whether it's with court or with just knowing how to become the best father you can be, it's extremely important. For me, Randy, it was the uh, All-Star Selection, the NBA All-Star Selection. I talked about it earlier. It was fun to watch the interaction to actually, it was playground style. You know, they, they, the NBA has kind of turned 
um, the All-Star game into a playoff, uh, not a playoff, a, a playground type of atmosphere where you get to a certain point level. There's no clock in the fourth quarter. You got to score a certain amount of points. Mm-hmm. So in order to, to score your most points, you got to pick the best team. And I like what Giannis and what LeBron were able to do. Giannis re- didn't even realize he was picking, uh, uh, he picked the person <laughs> that he couldn't pick at the time. It was just, you know, it was it was live TV. It was fun to watch. It was really cool. They called the Elam ending, and I, I, I've, yeah. al- I've always loved Loved it because yeah, so you like you hit a point and then you, you set a target at, yep. at a point in the fourth quarter where you say whoever gets to this first and it cuts out all the you know the the constant free throws and fouling and timeouts that slow down a basketball game at the end so much. I think it might be too radical to ever do it in full time games. Yeah, no. But I would I, I absolutely love the idea. It's a really cool idea because they, they make the ending twenty four points from whatever the total is of the team that's winning at that time. So if you got hundred and fifty, you gotta get hundred and seventy four and the team if they are losing, they got hundred and twenty, they still gotta get hundred and seventy four. So it's a really cool experience. It's all for Kobe. The twenty four represents for Kobe. Kobe Bryant Award is is the MVP of that game. So it's a really, really good uh good thing that they're doing. Number two. All right, CD, I'll be quick with my number two. Tiger Woods playing the entire weekend, finishing one under at his tournament, the Genesis Invitational, and he he didn't look great walking down the 18th, but just the fact that Tiger was out there participating for four rounds was one of my favorite things about the weekend. Finished at one under, finished in 45th place, and he hadn't played competitive golf since last year and uh, his last major. So seeing him back out there was pretty cool, and we'll see him out there again for the Masters in Augusta. Tiger's the best thing for golf. Him finishing is the best thing for golf, even if it was not top 10, just finishing the the entire tournament is the best thing that can happen for golf. Randy, my number two was Saturday for All-Star Weekend, the three-point contest, the skills competition, the dunk contest. Mac McClung, who I believe won Rockio, Matthew Rockio, chose to be the, the winner. I think I jumped on that bandwagon with him. It was fun. It was exciting. It brought life back into the environment, into the atmosphere. Um, And it was just a good, good weekend on Saturday to watch those guys perform. Watch Dame Lillard hit the three-pointer, win the three-point contest, and watch Mac McClung win the uh, dunk contest was, was great TV for me. NBA does it right. Number one. And, Gary, for me, even though I hate seeing a player like Ryan O'Reilly, who was the Blues captain and he was the Conn Smythe winner when the Blues won the Stanley Cup, hate seeing him leave. But we are in a society, a sports society, where we love the transaction actually more than the action. And so for the Blues to make this trade well before the trade deadline and get the massive haul for a couple of players who were not going to be back next year. Mm O'Reilly and Atari were not going to be back next year. For the Blues to get three draft picks and two players for those two guys, I thought was great. And that was, even though it was O'Reilly that was going out the door, I knew that we weren't going to get anything back, we, the Blues, once they start winning again. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew we weren't going to get anything back in exchange for O'Reilly if he left as a free agent. So uh, my number one about the weekend was the transaction and just thinking about and reviewing and rehashing that trade. Yeah, I don't think we'll know, you know, the the total benefits of that trade until the guys, the players are drafted and we get to actually see who comes in. I know it's frustrating for Blues fans to to see O'Reilly leave, to see the captain leave, Tarasenko leave, Achari. But hopefully... We get to open that window and extend that window a little bit longer to be a championship type organization. Uh, for me, Randy, my number one, I spoke about it earlier, the Battlehawks comeback. It was terrible football, Randy. I'm an offensive guy. It was terrible <laughs> football, man, for three quarters. Three and three, four, seven eighths of the game were terrible to watch. But that last two minutes, 
is why you stick around and continue to watch. They're down. They score the touchdown. They get the three-point conversion. They're down by three. Get the ball back out on a fourth and 15. Go score another touchdown to win the game. It was – It was. I was a little bit torn, Randy, because they were playing my former teammate in Heinz Ward. He was all – he was excited mm-hmm. until that yeah. first touchdown was scored by the Battlehawks and then three-point conversion. Then the next touchdown, his, his excitement went out of his face. You could just see how much work and how much effort was put in by both teams. It was a good game, um, and the Battlehawks were able to come out on top. And what do you think of the rule? If you aren't aware of it or w- weren't watching the game, rather than an onside kick, you can try a fourth and 15 from your own 40-yard line. I like the rule. What do you think? I, I like it, but I, I wouldn't like it in the NFL because I think it's too far from what the NFL rules are and what they have been. I'm a, I'm, I like tradition. I like the things the way that they are. But they've gotten away from the real onside kick because you have to have five yeah, guys on each side yeah, of the kick. But it's still a kick. It's still mm-hmm. a chance. It's not going to happen more times than not. But the scram, the scrum, the scramble, try to get that football is, is always fun for me. But the fourth and 15, I mean, that's a hard play to pick up. Yeah. But obviously the Battlehawks were able to do it. And I would never go for one. It, the, I mean, you yeah. go for one from the two yard line and two from the five yard line. I, why you're out of the shotgun anyway? Yeah. So yeah. just go from the five. Yeah. Wouldn't make a difference. I mean, one one yard line. I mean, one point conversion from the two yard line is not a big deal versus a two point from the five. I'm with you. Go ahead and get that. That's Carrie. I'm Randy, and that is three things we loved about the weekend. Coming up on this President's Day, we're going to visit with the president of the St. Louis Blues, Chris Zimmerman. By the way, later in the show, Carolyn Kindle will join us, president of St. Louis City SC. Bill DeWitt III will join us, president of the Cardinals. That's coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. And we'll be talking Ryan O'Reilly throughout the course of the day. And we want your mic drops with a mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app. We'll take your texts later as well here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. On your flagship station of the St. Louis Blues, that's Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and happy President's Day. Good to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And on this President's Day, we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and joining us is the president of your St. Louis Blues, Chris Zimmerman. Always good to talk to Chris. How are you, sir? Uh, Good morning, Randy. I'm doing pretty well. Good. I know it was. That's always a tough emotional weekend when you have to make a move like the Blues did in trading Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, and you know, I think um, maybe as, as hard. You know, the last couple of weeks you look, what, see first um, uh, Vladdy go, and obviously Mikola, and and then this weekend O'Reilly and Achari, and um, you know that that's a massive change. To the team, it's a massive change to the organization. I can tell you this one 
um, you know, obviously both Vladdy and uh, and O'Reilly contribute a huge amount to our organization. Um, but I would also say that, um, you know, the, our relationship with Ryan O'Reilly was incredibly deep beyond the ice, as it often is with our players. And uh, of the many athletes I've gotten to work with over the years, and, you know, this phrase gets used a lot, but Ryan O'Reilly is definitely in uh, my Hall of Fame as a person. And so it, it's, uh, yeah, it's particularly uh, emotional and, and quite honestly kind of tough. It sucks. Hey, Chris, we know uh, what the, the, the trades can do to the to the professional side, to the hockey side of things. How, how does it impact the business side in terms of maybe ticket sales or concessions or, or things of that nature? Is that something that you all take into consideration when you're, when you're looking at people that may be traded in or out? Well, the, the decisions around what we believe, uh, what Army believes is going to be best to build our, our team are made, they have to be made separate from that. You know, we've been incredibly fortunate. You know, we're, um, you know, we've been in the playoffs uh, consistently 10 out of the last 11 years. And, uh, you know, our fan base has seen um, our commitment uh, both to them, to the city, to the game. Um, Ultimately, as uh, Army likes to say, we're in the business of winning. And uh, we believe these are the moves that are going to bring us back as quickly as possible. And, uh, and so there's, there's lots of reason to, to think that, that by being aggressive now, um, this is going to position us best for the future. And I think, you know, our fans, and we have massive number of fans who have been with us a long, long time, long before, um, you know, 2019 came, that they understand that. And Chris, you're familiar with the history of this franchise. It used to be that players of the ilk of Ryan O'Reilly, whether it be Chris Pronger or Joey Mullen or Mike Liute, were traded because the franchise wasn't viable enough to keep them around. And that's not the story now because of your presence and thank you for what you've done. The business side of the franchise is extremely viable and you guys are in a position where you can do this. Hopefully it'll be a a short stint where uh, the Blues are not to a Stanley Cup level, but from a business standpoint, am I accurate there that you're you're prepared for something like this? Yeah, no, we're well prepared. I mean, quite honestly, um, our, our fans, uh, um, going back before we won the Cup, um, our, our business has been rising, both in terms of our partnerships around the city with major companies, both locally and nationally. Our ticket sales this year, um, again, have been as strong as ever. Um, listen, we, we understand that um, there's going to be some movement up and down when you're, when you're not driving towards the playoffs uh, in the way we are always used to. And yet, you know, nobody's making any, any decisions about players for any other reason than how do, how do we get another championship here as soon as possible? Hey, Chris, so when I was playing, I we often did things with the signing jerseys or, or going to s- certain events. Can you talk about how important it is for hockey players or professional athletes to engage in the community and do events like that and how much it helps uh, build the brand of the Blues up in the community? 
you know, Carrie, I, I, I always say, you know, a sports team really has, has two functions. One, one is win championships and the other one is make your community a better place. And, you know, our players, obviously they're our best ambassadors. Um, our fans, people who aren't fans yet, that's what they're most excited about. And, um, you know, I think we love the character of the players on our team and, and uh, you know, and it, that includes our alumni who have created what hockey is in St. Louis and how people think of this brand. And um, yeah, I think the fundamental of recognizing that our sport and our position and our role in the community as an organization, you know, it gives us the opportunity to make a difference and to, you know, whether it's, uh, many of the programs we do with kids, um, whether it's getting into schools, um, obviously all of the amazing work uh, that our players uh, and our team do around Children's Hospital and, and all of the children's hospitals in the community, it's it's a defining uh, element of who we are and, and our players are outstanding in, in that. Okay, Chris, I did not think I would like the yellow sweater. I do. I actually wore my <laughs> yellow sweater here on Friday. So you guys have the yellow, you got the baby blue, you've got the reverse retro blue, uh, reverse retro red, and then the, the normal blue and white. So you've got six jerseys. Rank your top three for me. Well, um, so absolutely the what we call the heritage blue the that we wore first um at the winter classic here okay. and, and so that would be number one and then i would say the uh um well i'm gonna put in our hair our winter classic sweater from minnesota fair enough good so and um uh, I'm going to probably go with with our with this year's reverse retro, the yellow, as number three. I, I'm a big fan of that, and, and like I said, I didn't think I would have been. I know that ever since you've been here, that's been a, a, it's an amazing thing because fans are so into it, and it winds up being a big part of your job, right? The the jerseys winds up being a big part of the president of the team's job. You know, well, listen, we we love our sport, we love our fans. Um, Yes, and, and finding new ways to engage them and build excitement around what's happening with the team and how they can represent us. Yeah, that's, that's a huge deal. Um, and listen, we're, we're, it, what an interesting time these next few weeks, right, between the Battle Hawks coming back, the soccer team coming in. Um, you know, you guys always talk about how strong we are as, as a sports city and um, – I just think it's a, as usual where we would like to be in a different position, but um, I think the work that we're doing right now is what's going to get us back to the position we're all familiar with. And uh, wow, what a, what an awesome time for sports here! It's fantastic, Chris Zimmerman. Happy President's Day! Thanks for taking some time with us. We we do appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good one. You too. That's our friend Chris Zimmerman, president of the St. Louis Blues. He talked about the Battle Hawks. I wonder if they're going to have, should I asked him, if they're going to have some Battle Hawks representatives in the in the stadium, in the rink at some Go. point. Yeah, some, come to some games, some St. Louis City 
coaches or or players showing up. I know they have a very tight relationship, the Blues do, with City. Since the Battlehawks are, basically, they fly into town yeah. for a game, I think it's going to, hopefully they'll be, be able to but do they, that. But they come in yeah. the night before. Yeah, so, so a maybe Saturday night Saturday, game? Yeah, maybe you can come in Saturday yeah. night. That'll be good. Yeah, Establish cool. that connection. Yep. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up next, take it or leave it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO! You won't believe the take it or leave it that I've got for Kerry next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com. And start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Time for Tioli. The text line open 314 399 9646. That's brought to you by Air Comfort Services. All right, Carrie Davis, Dateline, Kilohornia, Ireland. Joseph Kraus passes away of Kilohornia, Ireland. How does he pass away? He is killed by his chicken. Yes, his daughter, Virginia Gwenan, said in a deposition that uh, poor Joseph was asleep when she dropped by and she didn't want to wake him because he was in Ill, Ill, Ill health. He was upset that his dog had died. Unfortunately, little did she realize that he was bleeding out after angering one of his chickens oh. and authorities saw a trail of blood leading back to the chicken house. One of the birds had blood on its claws, and it was the same one uh, that uh, had been sent to live on the farm after it had earlier attacked Krause's granddaughter. Take it or leave it, though, CD, the chicken killing the man is the biggest upset since the Patriots over the Rams in Super Bowl 36. I'll probably have to take that. That that is A a chicken killed a man. That is an interesting story, Randy. Pecked to death. Wow. I didn't. I guess I never knew that that was a, a, a possible thing. I didn't either. I, I I don't know that. I mean, I guess you would have to be ill health or not not able to defend yourself. Well, he bled or go out. from the defensive yeah. to the offensive at some point because it's still a chicken. You would yeah, you would still think that Joseph Krause would have been able to play Randy a little offense here. Grab that damn chicken by hey, yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time, right? It, it, People it does. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know how that, that that's an that, that it was it's an interesting vicious, take it or leave it. vicious chicken and biggest yeah biggest upset since Super Bowl thirty six yeah pretty bad Randy I was uh you know we were watching the game this weekend the Blues lose a, a tough one I don't know if it was a tough one they, they lost they got the hell beat out of them yeah but take it or leave it you go over six on the power play you kind of lead yourself towards not winning many games I'll take that yeah yeah, yeah. you got to be better. It, it, over six, yeah, and give up six goals to start the game. That's a lot. Yeah. And here's one thing: I'm the, yes, the Blues did play for a long time without O'Reilly and Tarasenko, but they're having trouble putting together a top six now. I mean, where does it come from? Where who who who? And, and then you're talking about you know Barbashev's going to be out of here maybe pretty soon, right? I, right. Where who are your top six? So I mean, do you put a line with Bujanavis, Thomas, and, and Kairou? Is that do you put yes. all three of them on the line together? Yep, I think okay. you do. So then, and then, then Shen, right? With Sod when he when Saad, he's healthy. Maybe neighbors. So you got a top four. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Offense. 
Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Not, so, not great. No, it's it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy. Does, but they do may, or, or does Torpchenko or, or Sammy Blade, do one of those guys get moved up? Good, or, good are, question. Are they, are they going to you know, get those top six minutes? Randy, I don't know where they go. No, and I don't know what the severity, none of us know what the severity of the neighbor's injury is either. You were hoping that you could see him get a ton of minutes here down the stretch, but that's not going to happen now. All right, text six five. Uh, see, not not that. It's three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Just look at the letters on your phone. Y o h o and dial that, or just save it in your phone and text us. And Matthew will provide a take it or leave it from you to Carrie and Randy. What do you got, Matthew? We need to get to nine o'clock. We got to talk to these Blues fans. Uh, take it or leave it. Ryan O'Reilly will be back with the Blues next season. Leave it. I'm going to leave it as well. It's not as simple. There's That's a, the thing. Yeah, it's not as simple as as. Oh, he left, and you know he he will be willing to sign and come back. He might enjoy where he's at now. He might want to test free agency and really see how much he can get paid in the open market. There are it's when you have multiple teams that are available to you. There's no guarantee that the team that you played with for X number of years is the place where you want to go back. Sometimes you want to see what's on the other side of that wall and and by him being traded he got to see he got a sneak peek for the next 3 or 4 months we'll see what happens when the when the season actually ends and Kerry, there's a lot of pressure from a players' association to not sign a contract for less than what they perceive exactly. your market value is so the hometown discount while a thing you can't give too much of a hometown discount that's why he said that he wanted to maintain his value the blues had every opportunity to engage him in negotiations and try to bring yep. him back and it didn't work i'd be surprised if it would work during the offseason the problem is when you're talking about the pa and players signing for less than what they're valued it sets the market back for everyone else mm-hmm. and that's why it's discouraged because you're really you may be helping that team but you're not helping yourself or other players that are coming after you. And his agents, his agents are, they, they've been described as like the Scott Boris of hockey. And so that's not going to happen. Oh, yeah, that's not ideal. Uh, take it or leave it. Barbie isn't trading to the closing moments of the trade deadline. I'm going to say trade, trade deadline day. Hmm. Although that, that's that, that would be, with, with the way weeks? things have unfolded here, yeah, two weeks, March 3rd. Maybe if Army gets the offer that he's looking for. I mean, the Blues have beaten everybody else to the punch here. Maybe if he gets the offer he's looking for, he makes a move. What are they going to do with all these first-round draft picks? I believe that what you do is you take guys with them. I think you use them rather than package them. I don't think you you can get the number one pick. Nobody's going to give that up. No, and if the Blues get it, great. But if Chicago has a number one pick, anybody who's got a chance at that number one pick is not going to trade it because Bedard is... Such a great prospect. Who so, is who is set to have that number one pick right now? Right now it would be the Hawks. Mm. But the Blues can enhance their chances of getting said pick by continuing to lose. Right now, I guess Anaheim actually has the greatest chance. What's Anaheim, the same? Columbus, Rock. Chicago, San Jose, Vancouver. I don't, I don't know what you're Something for hard here, sorry, for buddy. Bedard. Suck hard for oh, Bedard. Yeah, lose hard for Bedard. Lose, lose hard, hard, suck oh, hard. Lose, lose hard, okay. I, I, kinda, I suck hard better. I like that for a bit. So, yeah, the Blues are seven points ahead of Vancouver right now. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, it's not going to. They're not getting the first overall pick. Sorry, guys. Why? I just, because. Because you just said it. Here's, here's what. You just all, put it into the no, because it's, rock. because it's hard to lose 23 straight games. Is it? Like, did you watch? Yeah. Rock, did you watch the game this weekend? 
Do you think that that looks like it's hard to lose? Hey, they just that lost was, their captain, Kerry. Yeah, they were only outscored eleven to three. Okay, yeah, and and they gave up six. You not, do you six goals to start the game? They lost their. Captain. It, it was they were down by a touchdown. They lost their captain. They lost their captain. So they he lost coming their, back. Their He's not coming back. You They're still going to have their captain lost. You imagine what would happen in the Marvel movies if Chris Evans just disappeared? Yeah, the That's Avengers terrible. would come together and beat Thor some way somehow. <laughs> Figure it out, man. I think uh, well, there'll be a lottery team, and the Blues, hey, luck is going to fall their way. This is the year for the Blues to get the top pick in the Oh, draft. I thought you meant to win a championship. Oh, I'm no, sorry. no. I, I, was, so, no get the, I, 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 didn't, I was tuned out for yeah, get the five top, seconds. Yep, get the top pick in the draft and then have three other number Ooh. ones. And then you go to be a championship team next year. Probably not next okay. year, but three years down the road. <laughs> and then go on a run where you win like three in six years. I like that. Yeah, there we go. Take it or leave it. The Blues will move one of their top four defensemen before the deadline. Leave it. Totally leave it. Who nobody's taking one. Who, nobody's going to take him. Right. If you're a team who, that who? has a chance to win the Stanley Cup, the only guys you're moving are Pareko or Krug. Col- Colton Pareko signed through 2030. It's 2023 right now, and Colton Branco is signed through 2030. How old is Colton? 27, 28. So it's not going to be him. He hasn't played well enough for a team that thinks they're going to win 29. the Stanley Cup, right? 29. Yeah. So if you're a team that, that uh, is trying to win a Stanley Cup, are you making it? Are you giving up a premium for him? Are you or a minimum? I'm not. Well, I, I like him a lot. Hmm? Letty. I don't. I, I like. Would Letty. he be the one that if there was if there yes. was one. That could be traded, it would be him. Yeah. The other ones. Not Krug at six and a half? Probably not. You're not you don't want to trade Falk. No. So yeah, maybe you move Letty at four million or whatever he's making. Uh and he has three years left. And then you bring up Perunovich. Maybe if there's somebody out there that would that Letty would be a fit for. He's he's a nice number four guy on a on a championship he's, team. He's the number one guy here. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's a problem. We need a number one. That's a, a problem, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's that's not what you want to see. Take it or leave it. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks have what it takes to go back to back this year. Uh, little uh, Matthew looks like he's throwing up in his mouth a little bit. It, 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 that tasted bad saying it. Yeah. All due respect to our Jayhawker fans out there. Uh, no, they don't have what it takes. <laughs> they don't. They aren't going to win. They, they aren't. Going Who's winning the tournament this year? I mean, it, it's not going to be Purdue, is it? It's a year when there's the year when there's this many the, ones going down. It's, it's always a, a giant question because yeah, you want to say Purdue, you have Alabama, um, you know, Houston was in there for a little bit. Why not? Why not K, KU? Is there KU? Okay. Good enough would, reason. That would make me sad. Good enough reason. Now, is that is it going to be Alabama, Arizona, Miami, Tennessee? I don't even know. Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee popped again. Tennessee, Tennessee, they got beat, Tennessee, they got beat I don't know if they're consistent enough to do it. No, but you just got to go on. What, what the? Scary? What the I'm heck sorry. was that supposed hey, to mean? I, you the way that? you said I didn't like the way you said I that I one bit. I didn't right? know that. I said I that like out loud. You said that. Did you hear what you hear, Baylor? Uh, here's the story. Here's the story. How about Texas? Texas? Oh. Good team. Fire their coach. Fire their coach. Yep. Did he just... I think we just got an update on that. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he's yeah, they dropped the charges. They dropped the yeah. charges. Didn't they? Somebody should hire him. Oh, good he's Lord. a uh, he's available cheap, and he's won a championship. I'm just saying. 
Guys, just throws it in there. Guys, to clarify, the guy was killed by a rooster, not a hen. A rooster will ah. f you up. That's from the Maplewood backyard okay. chicken farmer. Thank I, you. With all due respect to the Maplewood chicken farmer, I've never heard of this before. I've never I, heard of a rooster killing a man. Never. I, not I, once. Randy, if, if that's how I check out of here, Rand, whew, it's, it's I mean, not, not a good way to not go. Not a good way and to go. That'd be humiliating. Yeah, Randy, and, and I'm not even there to realize the at humiliation. At the same time, Randy, scoreboard. For the rooster? Score, no, for, 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 for humans oh, versus, yeah. versus... I mean, that's that's but, like, that's but, like but, 19 billion to but three. But here's the thing. Yeah, we got those there, yeah. three, True. If, it, if there are three, are like... I mean, come on. I'm just saying. They want to get cocky about this all of a sudden. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. I will kick you. No. Uh, I will punt you. (laughs) Okay, so Costco goes through 250 million chickens a year. Okay, so my 18 billion might be a little low. That's Costco, yeah. (laughs) Because KFC is at... down trillions uh, across human history. Yeah, so KFC goes through about a billion chickens a year. Mm. So, yeah, we are winning. So that was a rare... At an alarming rate. uh, that w- that's a that's Detroit Lions winning a playoff game rare. It, no, that's Detroit Lions winning the Super Bowl rare. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So congratulations to the chicken. I don't know yeah. if it's still alive, but man, it's uh, had a nice. Uh, that's a good win. It's a really for for chickenhood. One small step. Yeah, Are roosters like, and chickens I mean, you cousins related? You, you got the Cinderella story. First cousins. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, roosters just a, a male chicken. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh-huh. a hen would be a female chicken. Yeah. Oh, well, why yeah. don't they? Why are so, they? Are you sure? so, so, yeah. Well, I don't know yeah. what that chicken's name what are you was. talking about, man? How is this but, confusing? Uh, Did you got humans, you got men, you got women. You got chickens, you got hey, roosters, you got hens. How, is, how is this a confusing I, I, dichotomy well, for the, you? The, the person said it was a rooster. Oh, it was a rooster, not a hen. That's okay. what saying. So, uh, so kind of like Neil Armstrong. Did Neil Armstrong say it? One small step for chickenhood, one giant <laughs> step for chicken kind. Yeah, and then we'll eat you, sucker. <laughs> I'll put you on the Traeger. You won't know what hit you. Yeah, I think maybe we'll get some popcorn chicken later. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> that's it for, you can that's turn it. into popcorn. I mean, that's, you just, that's, that's a rough yeah, one for that's you. It. That's it for take it or leave it. Hey, uh, there's uh, not much respect for the offensive ability of Nolan Gorman, but somebody thinks that this is going to be a breakout hitter in 2023. We'll tell you who it is next on 101 ESPN. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. 
had a full off season this year. I think that's kind of the first one I've been able to have without any camps or, or the fall league or anything. So it's been really good to strength phases and um, you know power power stuff in the in the gym, and then you know start hitting. Started hitting in December, early December, and uh, yeah, I'm re- ready to go. That is Cardinals infielder Nolan Gorman at the winter warm-up talking about preparing for the 2023 season after kind of getting rushed. I mean, it's he's still a young player. He's only 21, 22 years old. And there are a lot of people that still believe in his ability. Uh, Jeff Jones of the Belleville News Democrat asked Ali Marmol on Friday if anyone stood out to him appearance-wise and he singled out Gorman as someone who showed up with the body and swing transformation that the Cardinals were hoping to see during the winter. And there's an interesting piece at MLB.com, five hitters poised to break out this season. And one of those, as listed by Thomas Harrington, is Nolan Gorman. It said ranked 33rd overall on MLB's Pipeline's top 100 prospects list prior to last season. Gorman burst onto the scene and recorded three homers, 10 RBIs, and 1.133 OPS over his first 11 games. He was unable to keep his hot start and was soon overshadowed by Brendan Donovan, who emerged from relative obscurity to finish third in NL Rookie of the Year voting. Gorman is now an afterthought for many, especially with another highly touted prospect, Jordan Walker receiving considerable hype. That said, Gorman has the potential to slug his way back into a prominent role with the team. He's 22 years old, has a lot of swing and miss in his game, but showed a real aptitude for squaring up the baseball when he made contact, a 46.7% sweet spot rate, a metric that represents how often a player hits a ball in the launch angle sweet spot from 8 to 32 degrees. He's a guy that when he hits the ball, Mm -hmm. it goes. Yep. You, you can tell he, he has a really good swing, and it's about making contact. And, and this is kind of – we'll see how this transformation takes place this season with the swing and miss. I think there's going to be more of a premium on people actually hitting the ball because there's going to be less, you know, people on one side of the infield as, as it has been in years mm-hmm. past. So swinging and missing is not going to be valued as much – as it was, the, the hitting the ball over the fence is not going to be valued as much. We're going to make I think there's going to be more of a premium on guys that actually make contact. Right. And if and he's able to do that, he'll he'll have some success. And he struck out a third of the time, 32.9 yeah. percent of the time. He does need to cut down on his strikeouts. And that's that's going to be important for him. Um, you know, Randy, I think he's a he had 313 plate appearances last year. He's a guy that is going to need. I don't think he can be in a utility type of role. Agreed. He's going to need to be a an everyday type of player, which means he's going to have to show himself at second base beating out uh, uh, Brendan Donovan. And, and does that happen? I don't know. I don't know if he gets those those at-bats because how's he? where is he going to fit in that infield if he's not playing every single day? Can he play outfield? I think he's your – He's. I would try him. I think or, you need to try him as a corner outfielder, but he's my he left-handed DH. DH. He's, he's, is he only left-handed DH? Because well, well, you have, you've got to get a bat for Yepes too. So how many how many plate appearances does that give him for the year? Is he over 400? Is 450? He 450. Well, if he's at 450, I think he's – he has a very good yep. year. He can hit 30 home runs. I, I agree. But he has to cut down on the swing and miss. And like I said, that's over the last 10 years, I know that that was not a big deal for, for you know, baseball analytics people. Oh, swing and miss, it doesn't matter. But I think going into this season, it's going to be a, a premium on guys that can make contact because now just making contact is going to allow you to get on the base, get on, on base even more. Yeah, and it's important to note, like we said, that Excuse me, a cough there. Um, when he hits it, 
It goes. And he he was top 30 in uh, Major League Baseball last year in terms of uh, average exit velocity. So he's a guy that I, I think the Cardinals can count on. There's other guys. I, I still think, and I know you have a, a lot of faith in and belief in Juan Yepes yeah. to be a really good player. I think the Cardinals have a wealth of potential young hitters. I, I, I look at the two DHs we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Really five outfielders when you include the, the starting three and then you add Burleson and Walker, right? right? Uh, and, and then hopefully they'll be able to get some work out of their young infielders if Donovan and Edmund are your starters. And not that he's young, but everybody down there, media and inside the organization, seems to have some faith in Paul DeYoung rebounding. I think there's a lot of chances for for hitters here. I, I'm more I'm I'm okay more with the young being on that bench because he's an older guy. He's had his opportunities. The issue you run into when you have younger guys is if they're not getting those at bats, they're not getting those opportunities. You talked about Carl, uh, Burleson, uh, Yepes, and and Gorman. If those three aren't getting consistent reps, you, it's kind of like you use it or lose it. You know, yeah, if you're right. not if you're not honing in on, on your craft every single day. It's it's a difficult thing to sustain and, and have success in this league, and so it comes to a point where you're looking at all of these younger guys who are all what do you say 21 to to 24 range. If they're not getting consistent playing time, it's tough to know what you got, and it's tough to keep those guys engaged day in and day out if they're not actually getting those opportunities. Yeah, and by the way, just to uh, I, I gave you the wrong stat, uh, Gorman was top. 70. But still, there's a lot of hitters in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball. Top 70 in average exit velocity is is pretty impressive. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. And that is today's Fresh Take. Cardinals working out down in Jupiter, Florida. And we should be there. But we aren't. We we are not. We're still here. But next year, we're going to make a trip to Jupiter, we, Florida. We will be there. This, guy's, this week doesn't work that bad. We've got plans. It's like, it's like highs in the high 50s not, and low 60s. It's here? not. Uh, yeah, there. and the lows are in the... It's not yeah. Florida, though. 30s and 40s. Not quite Florida. Not quite. Coming up. Trying to find silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, that's today's fresh take. Coming up, Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale were extremely eloquent over the course of the weekend, and especially on Saturday on the heels of the trade of Ryan O'Reilly. We're going to have our weekly visit with Kerbs next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN, and standing by is the voice of your St. Louis Blues, Chris Kerber. And Kerbs, I want to start with this. I know that you had developed over the years, as anybody who was around Ryan O'Reilly, uh, a really good relationship with him, and we were all sad to see him traded. And I just wanted to congratulate you and Joey on the way you handled the trade, especially during the game on Saturday, because it, it's tough. It's tough as a fan. It's tough as when you do your job, you, you lose a friend walking out the door. But I thought that the way that you and Joey handled that was was brilliant. I was driving around and couldn't have been happier or more proud of the way that our station and the Blues broadcast handled that departure. 
Yeah, thanks, Randy. Uh, a lot of great effort, uh, you know, behind the scenes for us to put these broadcasts on. You know, Grant Francis, Alex Ferrario, you know, we're texting Tommy Mattern, who's working down there with everybody, and Mardi Gras. And it takes it takes a village, man, and, and I, it was excellent. The, the Blues delayed the, you know, the presser five minutes so we could make sure that it was carried live on 101, and uh, every, everybody was, was just a great team effort. And, uh you know what? Those are those are unique games to have to do, and especially over the weekend, both of these games, and, and behind the scenes to give people an idea of just kind of as a broadcaster how you might handle that. But you know, we we talk about it uh, off the air, even with with Panger and J.K., who you guys talk to once a week every morning on the, at this time, and uh, and it, because the the real challenge then is not only do People you've gotten to know leave, and you wonder, hey, geez, I mean, and, and like, like we didn't get to see him. You, you, know, you shoot him a text, whatever it may be. Uh, now you you go into games, and you know the players are trying to win. You know, you know the coaches are are coaching to win, but you know how much more of a challenge winning is going to be. And and at the same time, as a broadcaster, you really want to present the scenario as honestly and as accurately as you can. And um, man, that's what that, that's what kind of uh, changes the whole perspective of, of two games like we had on the weekend. Hey, Curves, hockey aside, what was the mood of the players um, after the announcement of, of the of the trade of O'Reilly? I, we we know it was we were expecting it for a while, but to actually hear it and, and see it happen, what was their mood like? Uh, I, yeah, I think the thing, Kerry, is like you said, the expectation was there, and then. It, like any other aspect of your life, I guess. When you, when you know something is coming, when you know something is coming, and you uh, and and then you can't avoid it, then when it finally hits, then there's the reality that you're dealing with. And to me, that's that's what this weekend was like. It was like, okay, we know some moves could be happening. I think there was a, I, I think a cloud was lifted in the initial Tarasenko trade. And then the smackdown happened with the O'Reilly trade. Does that make sense? And then, so, and, and now there's, I, you're still in the anticipation, guys, of these next two weeks of what else could happen. There's still the Ivan Barbashev situation to get figured out. Uh, and, and then just because, you know, guys that are, are not unrestricted free agents don't feel like they're in the clear in something like this, you know, so. I don't. It's it's going to be a little tense. It's going to be a little tight, and I don't think things level out until after the trade deadline. And that's what I've experienced over the years with teams that are either buying, selling, or frankly, to be honest with you, even in a couple of years where the Blues have done very little, the the, the couple of weeks leading up into the trade deadline are intense. Yeah, and you're right with the. Uh, there's specifically one guy in in Barbashev that we'll be keeping an eye on over the course of the next couple of weeks, and this is from a, a fan's perspective. I'm a, I'm always entranced by the idea of watching young players get their opportunity. And I don't know if these guys are going to wind up being stars or superstars, but so often, Curbs, we find guys and we watch guys. Remember the CPR line? Who would have ever thought that uh, Porter yeah. and, and Cracknell and uh, who, who am I leaving out? Reeves. Yeah, Reeves. That Those guys would be such an effective fourth line. And that's the sort of thing... I'll be watching for over the the stretch of this season is can we find those energy guys that as we know all too well here in St. Louis are imperative if you're going to win a championship. Yeah, I mean you're going to get some guys called up now. Jake Neighbors uh, hurt his had an upper body injury last night, and that looks like he's going to be out for a little while. So that's a that's kind of a shame there. 
on that front. Does that open yet another opportunity for somebody else to come up and get in? Well, you know, we'll have to wait and see, but you're right. Now, with, with that, Randy, though, and with those, you know, willingness to see what guys can do, there's going to be growing pains. And those growing pains are you're going to lose some games. You're going to see plays where, you know, you're so used to seeing some really good, smart hockey and go get it and winning hockey that now you're going to see mistakes that, that cause, you know, errors and pucks to go the other way. And, and, and that's going to be an adjustment for the fans to watch for just a little while. But they are necessary steps to have young kids step in and uh, grow and start careers. Hey, Curbs, I, I love listening to you uh, do your play-by-play because I know how much energy and effort you have for the St. Louis Blues. When you're calling a game like what you saw yesterday and they get out to a 6-0 deficit, how, does that, how do you continue to, to keep up the energy and keep up the spice with what's going on where there's not much going on that's good for the Blues? Well, Kerry, K- that's the easy part, <laughs> to be honest with you. No, I'm serious. Like, look, look. There's still entertainment. It's mm-hmm. still hockey. I, I, I've said this before. I, I'll never forget a conversation I had with my dad. And this was, if you, if you remember Cardinal baseball in the 80s, and it was the Cardinals one year, the Mets one year. And it was sort of like, it wasn't like there was always these, like, these great epic battles. It was like one was good, then the other, then the next was other, and you struggled. And, and I remember being frustrated, you know, during that stretch at one point. My dad looked at me and says, you know, not every year it's going to go the way you expect. You got to learn to just appreciate the game, mm-hmm. and and that was that was huge. And I can sit there and look. I'm watching that game last night, okay? And you see Alexi Torov yesterday afternoon. You see Alexi Torovchenko digging. You see Tyler Pitlick going, and those guys deserve the same effort, energy, and the calls and the excitement of the game. You know, as as at any point in time of the year, and and. W- Fans are going to come to the games, and, and you still have a chance to see something spectacular. Sports is still the best reality. I mean, look, at one point in time, I honestly, and I realize I might have been, you know, uh, there wasn't anything funky in, in, the, in the lunch that we had, but I, at one point in time, I'm like, you know, they had those two power plays when they made it 6-2. Like, they sneak something in here make it 6-3. The, the, the tension's going to pick up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking, because – that first year when we were in Toronto, we were trailing five nothing going into the third period. The Blues came back and won that game. You know, and uh, I'll never forget Chaser standing up and all the media, the writers are right in front of us. And right after the Blues tied the game, and he goes, "The best thing about that goal is you all have to rewrite your story." <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, you just you never know, and and you're going to get to see some things. You know, Matthew Highmore playing his first game as a Blue after you know, playing 137 NHL games and getting sent back down. There's storylines that deserve uh, attention, that deserve the same level of care and passion, uh, you know, whether the team is struggling or not. And um, and, and look, guys, I keep looking at this. It, I, I know it's going to be hard as, as they struggle down the stretch here with 26 games to go. But right now they're the number nine team from the bottom. That's a top 10 pick. I'm going through, and I see Brady Kachuk yesterday. That's the fourth overall pick. I, you know, I, you see, you see Stutzla, the third overall pick in twenty. You know, I went through and I looked all the way back to two thousand and eight when they drafted Carlson fifteen, and they had nine, nine. The Ottawa Senators nine top fifteen picks since two thousand and eight. Right, they had six top ten picks. You know, since uh, since like two thousand and eleven. They've missed the playoffs five out of seven years, and this year is going to end up being eight out of ten years. Eight out of the last ten, they've missed the playoffs, and the Blues have missed nine times since 1967. Wow. Like, 
and, and they've only had, and, and again, you keep hearing me say this because it's important. You've only had five top 10 picks since 1989. And the last forward you took with a top 10 pick, was was Rod Brindamore, who's the coach of the team we're going to see tomorrow night for <laughs> Carolina? Okay, amazing. That was nineteen, and 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 the reason I say that is, look, the Blues have done an amazing job with their picks. You know, Robert Thomas at twenty, Jimmy Snuggerud right there. Okay, when they rebuilt the team and did have those three in the top ten, the one they traded to San Jose in two thousand seven, but they took Johnson in 06 and they took Petrangelo in 08 at fourth. Right? Look how quickly they turned around. But Backus was the second-round pick. Berglund was a late first-rounder. Perron was 26th overall. Oshie was in the 20s. And look what they're doing now with Kyra, who was a second-round pick. Pareko was a third-round pick. They went to Stanley Cup with two defensemen, and Pareko and Edmondson, that were third-round picks. They've done such a good job. at Barbashev, a second-round pick. A Bennington, a third-round pick. They've done such a good job drafting in those late rounds. Imagine what could happen. If because you just you fell off uh, you know the wagon a little bit this year and it didn't go your way, you actually do have a maybe a, a top eight, a top six, a top nine pick, and that's something the franchise could use. They really mm-hmm. could use it. So it's while the scenario isn't as fun as you thought it would be, it's a necessary downturn. And I just I, I, again I look at it, the cupboard is not bare for this franchise, and so I don't. It, even Doug Armstrong referenced in his press conference the L.A. Kings, and he looks at. That kind of quick turnaround, not that not not what Buffalo and Edmonton and and Ottawa and these other teams have done, taking a decade to turn around. He says, I, I look at the model that the LA Kings have done. Well, the Blues, I think, have more to deal with at this point than the LA Kings did when they slipped out. So mm-hmm. it it's tough, but it's not, I don't think it's as, as bad as some may think. And and that, but that leads to a very important offseason now for Doug Armstrong to how he sets that table. Curbs, one last thing from me, and then there were six. The Blues have three home games left before the trade deadline. I would love to see a game, it doesn't have to be the whole game, but I want to see Bennington between the pipes to start. I want to see Bortuzzo and Pareko together on defense and a line of Shen, Thomas, and Barbashev. Those are the six remaining guys from the Stanley Cup champions. I'd love to see them all on the ice at one time before we can't put together a group of six anymore. Yeah, and, and, and we'll, we'll slide Blay uh, in there if we end up with a six on five, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> with him coming back, <laughs> yeah, with him coming back to the group. You know what? It's uh, it's an interesting way of looking at it, thinking Randy, because you look at that now and and you realize that. But here's the thing, and, and then you think, well, Steen, Gunnarsson, you know, and and Bo Meister, their their careers are over. But wow, you're going like boy Schwartz. Done. They're they're effective, you know. Somewhere, Robbie Fabry's in Detroit. Perron's in Detroit. Sonny's in Detroit. You got uh, Maroon in in Tampa. You know, you got O'Reilly in in uh, in Toronto. And Tarasenko in New York. And you just kind of go down the list that way. And uh, the unfortunate thing for me is that COVID prevented the Blues from a real solid defense of their cup. Yeah. By the time that 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 would those bubble playoffs were different. You had twelve place teams that were battling in playoffs. You had teams that were not healthy, like Colorado, that all of a sudden were healthy. You know, and and then the next year, you know, the Bowmeister thing. Like it's just they unfortunately didn't get a chance to defend the cup due to the pandemic of the right way. And and I would have loved to have seen what could have happened in the defense of that one cup. Is would that have been a second run at least to a Stanley Cup final, or maybe you know your third conference championship in in three years, four years? Who knows? And then, then the, the age of the players and the contracts and other things happen. So 
it is what it is at this point, and I agree with you. You still cherish what those guys did, but now you turn the table, and it's it. I'll tell you what, like from a pure hockey standpoint, now the final twenty six games, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are now the key guys, and they're going to get every hard matchup. You can no longer hide those guys, you know, uh, in, in a game because somebody's got to contend with O'Reilly and Tarasenko and these guys. And so when you're talking about a storyline to watch. It's going to be watching how those two deal with it because now that you're going to realize quickly just how good Steen, Shen, and those other guys we've mentioned were to deal with the top matchups every single game and be as successful as they were. And I think it's going to be a very valuable lesson to some young guys here in the final 26 games. Curbs, great work over the weekend. You always do great work. Appreciate you taking some time with us this morning, as you do every Monday morning. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, you guys. Thanks, fellas. Have an awesome week, and uh, we'll see you when we're back home. Happy President's Day. <laughs> Thank you, too. <laughs> see you later, brother. That is Chris Kerber, Voice of the Blues, here on 101 ESPN. Hey, we've got a fight coming up, but we only have one fighter. We need another fighter. Text in your name with the word fight to 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314-399-YO-HO. You might fight me next on President's Day on 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Glenn. Glenn, how are you doing this morning? Hi, Mr. Kerry. How are you? Doing wonderful. Are you ready for the fight? You, you, are you ready to take on Megamind? Uh, no, but let's let's go with it. Well, you got no way to do it. Uh, just go through it, I guess. Let's get to it. All right. right. UCLA might hold the record for most NCAA basketball championships, but which team holds the record for most Final Four appearances? Is it Kentucky, Duke, or North Carolina? Uh, let's go with Duke. Over the weekend, the Hall of Fame announced that Scott Rowland's cap will be a Cardinals cap in the Hall of Fame. Who is the most recent Hall of Famer to be, in t- to be inducted wearing a Cardinals baseball cap? Was that Jim Cott, Ted Simmons, or Lee Smith? Uh, Ted Simmons. All right, Glenn, there are only two players in Major League Baseball history to win Rookie of the Year as a teenager. Dwight Gooden was the first. Which post-2000 slugger is the only other one? Is it Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, or Ken Griffey Jr.? Oh, um, go with uh, Bryce. All right, and previously thought to be unbreakable, the NCAA basketball's all-time scoring record is in danger of being broken by Detroit's Antoine Davis, who needs just 155 more points. Who currently holds the record with 3,667 career points? Is that Doug McDermott, Freeman Williams, 
or Pete Maravich? Um, this is a total guess. Let's just go with uh, Pete. All right. We'll double-check our score and bring in Randy Carricker. All right, Glenn. All right. You, you said you weren't ready, but how did you feel? Um, shooting from the hip the entire time. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes that, that, that actually is not as bad as you think. Sometimes, you know, just going out there and getting it done doesn't really uh, – no pressure added to you, no worries, no stress. You just go out there and take care of your business. Sometimes right. it actually works out well for you. Randy? I had no anticipation coming in here. Hey. I just wanted to show up for once. Clear mind, everything ready to roll. Randy, clear, say hello to uh, Glenn. Look, clear mind, what else? What's the rest of that phrase? Isn't it from Remember the Titans? It's clear eyes, full hearts. Clear Glenn. eyes, full That's hearts. Uh, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I'm sorry, who is this? Glenn. Glenn, welcome. Good morning. Happy President's Day. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Mr. Randy. I'm Doing all right. Thank Working you very much for particip- participating. We appreciate you checking in. Appreciate you playing. Absolutely. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. All right. UCLA might hold the record for most NCAA ch- basketball championships, mm-hmm. but which team holds the record for most Final Four appearances? I think it's Carolina. Carolina had a long time with Dean Smith, where they went to the Final Four but didn't win it. Now, Duke may have passed them because Coach K went to so many. But I will go with the Tar Heels. Randy, over the weekend, the Hall of Fame announced that Scott Rowland's cap will be a Cardinals one. Mm -hmm. Who is the most recent Hall of Famer to be inducted with a Cardinals cap? I believe that would have been Ted Simmons, if I'm not mistaken. Well, number 23. Does Tyler O'Neill have to change his number this year, you think? 27? No. They'll retire 27. You you grandfather it in. They haven't for other guys. Have they not really? They forced them out, really? Mm, Yeah. Maybe then. Yeah. When Whitey went in, Ankiel had to switch, I think. That's fair, then, yeah. That's a pretty good point, then. All right, ready? There are only two players in Major League Baseball history to win the Rookie of the Year award as a teenager. Dwight Gooden was the first. Which post-2000 slugger is the only other one? Post-2000 Slugger won it as a teenager. Okay, uh, this should be pretty easy, so let me just think about it. Um, Let's see, it wasn't a Cardinal. Cards, Cubs, Red Pirates, Brewers, Dodgers, Padres, Dodgers, um, Padres, Giants, D-backs, Rockies, Braves, Mets. Okay, this has to be in the American League. Uh, oh, Rookie of the Year. No, Mike Trout didn't win Rookie of the Year. Um, I'll do the lifeline. Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, or Ken Griffey Jr.? Well, Ken Griffey Jr. was pre-2000s, obviously, and Mike Trout didn't win Rookie of the Year, so I will go with Bryce Harper. Randy, previously thought to be unbreakable, the NCAA basketball's all-time scoring record is in danger of being broken by Detroit's Antoine Davis, who needs just 155 more points. Who currently holds the NCAA scoring record with 3,667 career points scored? The name that came to mind is Pistol Pete Maravich, so I'm going to go with that. LSU. I think it was LSU. but I, It was. I know he's Pistol Pete Maravich. I think it was LSU. That's, that's what you're going to waver on. After all the things you've pulled out today, what you're going to waver on is whether or not Pistol Pete went to LSU. That's, mm-hmm. that's shocking to me. I thought that'd be one of the easiest things. Well, overall, it was not an easy fight. Man, these fighters ran right through it. It was a high-scoring one today. Glenn got to that magic number we always talk about. You need to beat Randy, but was it enough? Did Glenn take down Randy? Ring that 
Bell. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by Mobile On The Run. Join the On The Run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today. Just win, baby. Glenn, I'm so sorry you got to that magic number of three. You almost always need to at least be in contention to win. And unfortunately, Randy got the jack. He got all four correct today. I'm very sorry, Glenn. That's all right. Hey, I'm three for my my uh, knowledge of uh, basketball. I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Let's go through those answers. UCLA holds the record for the most NCAA basketball championships. Remember that for them like a month from now. Uh, but which team holds the record for the most Final Four appearances? It is, in fact, UNC, who has 21 to uh, UCLA's now edited 18 because they've gotten one stripped. Oh, that's over, not fair. <laughs> so they're now three over UN, uh, UCLA for number one. Duke and Kansas are tied in third place. Over the weekend, Hall of Fame announced Roland's cap will be a Cardinals one and in fact Ted Simmons, the last player to go in with a Cardinals cap. There are only two players in MLB history to win Rookie of the Year as a teenager. Dwight Gooden did it and then it was, of course, Bryce Harper who pulled it off as well and then previously thought to be unbreakable thanks to a fifth year at Detroit. Antoine Davis looks like he might break Pistol Pete Maravich's 3,667. By the way, Antoine Davis currently has played 136 career <laughs> games. Pistol Pete Maravich played 86. Wow. So a 4-3 win <laughs> for Randy in the fight. Glenn, again, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show. Had a blast listening to you guys every day. So Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it. Uh, do we know, is Antoine Davis, can he be an NBA guy? I I mean, he's been score, He's literally scored 20 I think, he's hot. I think he scored 27 points per game this year, and his lowest ever in college is 24 his sophomore year. You fill it up like that, There's no. if you have a three-point shot, then there's no reason you can't be a guy like, maybe not Dame Lillard, but if he can come from Weber State, the numbers he was putting up there, mm-hmm. I, I don't see why a guy you know playing for Detroit and putting up those numbers, if he's a good three-point shooter, and I had, I mean, I had his, let me see if I still have his basketball reference number uh, page up on my phone when I was looking this up. Um, so his three-point shooting is... In his career, he takes uh, ten. He takes eleven three-point shots per game in his career, and he shoots thirty-eight percent. He could be an NBA yeah, guy. Then. I mean, absolutely. I mean, he's six. He, the problem six is he's one. small. Yeah, that's the one thing that's going to hold him back. Okay, uh, that's Matthew. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, the Blues did trade Ryan O'Reilly on Friday night. On Saturday, Doug Armstrong spoke to the media, and we'll hear some of what he had to say next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The equity in the NHL now to to have as, as first-round picks, we now have three. And I, I wish I had a crystal ball where I could tell everyone how this is going to work out, but I don't. Uh, we could use all three of those picks to to select players, and then all three of those players will get then put into our development process and then our American League team and then be in the NHL at some point and have long careers, or they might be gone before their names are ever called. You know, I don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna play itself out. Uh, one thing that I do know what we're going to do though is if we if we move picks players, it's not going to be for one year players. Uh, we we need to again retrench. Uh, with players in their, you know, 25, 26 and under. 
That is Blues Poho Doug Armstrong Saturday in the press conference announcing the trade, in, reacting to the trade of Ryan O'Reilly. The Blues announced it at 10.52 on Friday night. And the Blues had a lot of players over 30. Vladimir Tarasenko, one of those. Noel Achari, one of those. Ryan O'Reilly, one of those. And those players are not here anymore. And mm. it is a young man's game now. Hockey is not a sport where, in general, you can have an entire roster of 30-year-olds and win. So whether or not we like the trade, the reality of the situation, Kerry, is that you can't have too many 30-year-old plus guys and expect to win. Well, I think it's both ways. You can't have too many over 30 or 30 plus, and you can't have too many 24 and younger. It's kind of, you have to have to find that, that sweet spot of players who are, you know, veterans, but still young. I think Robert Thomas would be a perfect example of that. He's a he's a veteran, but still a young man in this game. And so uh, you want to find guys that, and, and Randy, in my opinion, I think it does help to have a few of those guys that are 30 plus because they've done it, they've experienced it. It's going to be interesting to see how this team goes about their business mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks. It's still a few weeks before the trade deadline uh, hits. There's still talks of a few more people possibly being moved. How do they continue to go about their business? The, the, Army said, I know what a team looks like when they want to win and what a team looks like when, they, when they're quitting. And we do not expect to have any quitters on this team. Is He's giving you a, a, a blueprint of what to expect over the, next, over the coming weeks, but how do you respond? Because mm-hmm. as a player, each one of these men, whether they're young or old, are still playing for their, for their NHL careers, still playing for their NHL future contracts. It's a lot of things still on the line. Even if you're not winning games, it still it still plays to be made out there for for some guys. And the Blues are going to have a nucleus that is they're going to have some thirty year old guys. Shen is going to be here. Falk is going to be here. Uh, both Bortuzzo and Pareko have won Stanley Cups. The goalie is less than thirty, but he's got a Stanley Cup under his belt. So there's a lot of positives to be drawn from the players that are still here. Meanwhile, with O'Reilly gone and with Tarasenko gone, that's your C and an A. What does the Blues' leadership core look like now, Doug Armstrong? Yeah, that, that's things we're going to watch right now. I think that there's going to be a, a natural disappointment from veteran players to to why we're here and, and what, what what is management doing, why are they selling off. And as, as Jimmy said, you know, I, I reacted to how we played. And there has to be some account. There's certainly a ton of accountability with myself. Then it goes to the coach. Then it goes to the players. We all have to be held accountable to why why players aren't here right now. And uh, but the leadership is going to be. It's not going to be what they say. It's going to be how they play and how they how they act on the ice. Uh, overblown what they say in the room. I, you know, uh, Dave Taylor, who we worked as as a great line when someone says that guy's really good in the room, and he says, "Well, tell me when they start flooding the room," you know. <laughs> so. I just care what they do on the ice, and that's what that's what I'm gonna that's where I want to see their leadership come through. Meanwhile, with the fact that the Blues have made these trades, they are foregoing the chance of winning a Stanley Cup this year. When could that opportunity to win a Stanley Cup arise again? I can answer that better probably August fifteenth. Uh, meaning, I'm going to know what happens at the draft. I'm going to I'm going to know what. What we were able to do with those picks? Did we use those picks for future players? Did we trade those picks for current players? Uh, my experience is what you know. Your team is pretty well set in early August. There might there's not a lot of big trades made then. I, I need I just need time to play itself out on what happens with these assets that we're gaining now for the future. And one of the things, CD, is 
let's just use a guy who's been coveted by Blues fans for years, Jacob Chikrin, as an example. He's 24 years old. Army says he'd like to retrench with 24 to 26-year-old guys. Arizona's not making any money. They're playing in a 5,000-seat arena this year and next. Chikrin is a really good player. When Army talks about August 15th, does he use a couple of picks to go get a guy like Jacob Chikrin rather than use those to select players? There's so many so many movements that could take place during the time between now and the draft in June, or even now in the trade deadline. Maybe the Blues have a plan in place. I re- refuse to believe that Doug Armstrong, the way we know him and the way he talks about his roster and his salary cap being a puzzle, I refuse to believe that he didn't consider this possibility and that this isn't a two-year or a three-year plan rather than a reaction to something that's happened over the course of four months. Yeah, I mean, you you are looking at one of the needs of this team is is better defensemen. You, mm-hmm. We talked about having a number one defenseman because you, you feel like they have a, a, a bunch of number twos or number threes and, and fours, not really a number one guy. If you're able to get someone that is – young and talented and be a number one defenseman that probably that's really been one of the biggest issues that they've had uh the entire year how defense just playing defense in front of the goaltender you know back checking from their forwards guys really buying in and and making an effort to do it each and every time that they're out there and i i i think when you're looking at at how army is looking at this team he said i'll know august 15th i'll know what we who we are by watching the rest of this season, mm-hmm. by drafting the guys that we're going to draft or trading draft picks to get the guy that we want to get in here and how this team will gel you know, by the time we get around to training camp and, and get ready for the season for 2023. That's why I said these next 20 or, or so, how, however many games there are left, I think it's 20, 20, not, how many, not sure exactly how many there are. 26, I think. 26. This is important for every man on that roster. Obviously, you know, Cairo and Robert Thomas are going to be here. But Colton Pareko, he should be here because of his contract. But it, it, it will he? It, it, I mean, it, you never know, depending on how well or how poorly he continues to play. These things are important for each man out there on that ice every, t- every, every single chance that they get to prove that they are NHL-level players and to prove that they d- deserve to be in a, a blue sweater going into next season. And, Kerry, the Blues already have a couple of young stars in Thomas and Cairo. But when you look at a guy like Logan Brown, wish he could stay healthy, but so far he hasn't been able to. Uh, a guy like Jake Neighbors is only 20, got hurt yesterday. Uh, you look at uh, an Alexei Toropchenko, he's 23. A Tyler Tucker, who's 22. Army wanted to see these guys, and a couple of them are already hurt, but it does present an opportunity for young players here. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to use this. Uh, as I say, we're, we're, we brought Alexandrov up. We have neighbors up here. Tucker's up here now. They're going to get opportunities. But again, they're not going to get opportunities. We're throwing them in the deep end with a, with a lead vest on. If, if they can't swim, we're going to pull them out and put them back in a different pond, which could be the American League, because they're flourishing down there. They don't like. They hate when I tell them this. It's all part of the process because they're young. They want the process. They want the finished product now, which is chartered airplanes and Ritz Carltons. <laughs> and I don't blame them. But sometimes you got to go on a bus and stay at the Holiday Inn too. Got to pay your dues. You do, and you, you, they have a chance to pay their dues right now and earn the charters and the Ritz Carltons. And that's all you can ask for, Randy. When you get the opportunity, you work your butt off 
to get to the professional ranks, to be a major league baseball player, to be an NHL player, to be a a professional football player, whatever the case may be. We watched Mac McClung win the the slam dunk contest. He just got called up on a two way contract for the Philadelphia 76ers. You work your butt off to to as he said, fly on those charter pl- flights and 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 stay at the Ritz Carlton and and all of those things that come with being a professional athlete. This is your time. This is your opportunity. If you don't make the most of it, you don't have anyone else to blame other than yourself because all you can ask for in professional sports is the opportunity where everything is level, the playing field is level. I get my opportunities, I go on the ice, I get my chances to make plays, whether that's scoring, assisting, or making a big hit. Whatever that is, I just want the opportunity. And each one of those men have this opportunity now. you got to stay healthy. That, that If you can't stay healthy, you won't get that opportunity. And you have to make plays when you get the chance. So he, here it is. All of the things that they hope for or wish for is right in front of them. They're not going to win many games right now because they're probably not set up to win games. But what you can control is your effort and your energy on the ice every single time. And if you do that, you will still be here next season. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. And this is 101 ESPN. Coming up, we want to hear from you. Your mic drops in regards to the Ryan O'Reilly trade coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the Opening Drive. It's time for today's Big Thing. We're here to talk about a trade we made last night. Army, yeah. The, the Blues did make a trade on Friday night, trading Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari to Toronto in exchange for three draft picks and two players. And we wanted your reaction, Kerry and Randy, with you on today's big thing. And let's get to Edward, who left us a mic drop with the 101 ESPN app. Well, for starters, this just goes to show that being the captain of the St. Louis Blues does not buy you a pass because you look at Bacchus, Petrangelo, and now O'Reilly. Um, is no one safe. And the fact of the matter is this team was not going to be a playoff team. And if you're not going to have a good team and you have a chance to get better, this is how you do it. Otherwise, the team wasn't going to get better and you go into the offseason with the same problems and you didn't improve. So at least this way, we got a lot of compensation. We can start building. We still have a decent roster here of guys that can next year or two be pretty good. And the Blues getting back to the playoffs is not out of the question for next year. So I applaud the moves. It's unfortunate to lose people, uh, but that's the business of the game. So here we are. Well, I mean, it is the it is the business part of it. And I think sometimes we we don't really look at that side of it because we, we are fans and we forget that this is a business. And if you aren't performing particularly well and, and you're going to be owed more money or you're not going to be mm-hmm. able to be resigned, then, then at times people – People tend to to make the best transaction that is for the organization, and and I think the Blues did this did that in this case. Let's also hear from Jason, who joins us on 101 ESPN. I think that Army's made a really good start. I love Ryan O'Reilly. I love the way he plays and everything he does. I like having Tarasenko on the team, but you can't let guys walk like that when you can get first round assets for them. But I think he needs to go even further. I think that our entire defensive core is not put together the right way. And you've got big money going to guys like Pareko and Krug that may not garner you a first-round draft pick, but 
probably some seconds or maybe can be put together for a player uh, if you can get them to waive their no trades but I think you have to, to get back to the point where you're putting together a team that plays the way coach wants them to play. I don't disagree with Jason's premise, Kerry, but mm-hmm. here's my thing. I do think with the way those players have performed in the contracts that they have, the Blues would have to pay half of their salaries to play for somebody else for the term of their contract. And I also think the Blues, it would be one of those situations where you have to give something up to get a team to take those players off your hand. So it, it would be Krug and a, a third round or a second round choice, plus you pay half of his salary for cash considerations mm-hmm. or something like that. I, I don't, Or a seventh rounder. I don't think that you're going to get a second rounder or a first rounder with the contracts and the performance that those right. players have performed with. I, and I think they're both nice players, but I don't think they've lived up to their contracts. When you look at the trade of O'Reilly and Tarasenko, both going to you know the, the Maple Leafs and the Rangers, respectively, those are teams that are trying to make a playoff push to win a championship. And, and so you're getting guys that they feel can help assist in that. If you are trading away one of these defensemen, no, no offense, but you you probably aren't a team that is making a playoff push because right now they aren't playing particularly well for us, right. and so you wouldn't assume that they would be playing particularly well for for anyone else that would be trading for them. So and it's been a while too. It's, it's not like a two week slump. Exactly, it's been pretty much the entire season. Yeah. Uh, Randy, I was going to ask you with the trade that they made, the guys that they got back. Do you have any expectation? At all from those guys, the the Adam Gaudet and and uh, Abramov or or the Hunter Skinner. Uh, yeah, from I'm going to call him Ab- Ab- Abramov. Abramov. Yeah. Abramov. Yeah, uh, Skinner is a guy that uh, he's got size, but he mm-hmm. just he, he's he's just a guy. He's probably minor league roster filler. Okay. Uh, I think Abramov has a chance. He's small. He's 174, and then Gaudet has played 200 games in the NHL. He's when I was talking to Curbs earlier about the. The fourth line guys. He's a guy that if everything falls right, he could be a two hundred pound gotcha. fourth line energy guy. Okay. Well, I was just wondering because I, obviously you got the uh, O'Reilly and Tarasenko off the books, and you weren't going to get anything for them mm-hmm. going into next season. But what they got back, I, the the draft picks are good. I was just wondering about the players if they were going to be able to contribute at any point to this roster I this think season. There's, there's a chance for Abramov and maybe Goddet. Let's get one more from Rob, who joins us on one hundred and one ESPN. I don't know if you agree, but it certainly feels like the Blues front office is doing nothing but damage control with the fans at this point. I don't know about that. I, I don't think, for me, Randy, I think if you've been watching this team be up yeah. and down, we had numbers of the day you know, earlier mm-hmm. in the season where it was eight, number of the day, eight losses or eight wins. It was kind of up and down. And so you don't know you the number of the day scheduled to arrive. The number of the day is five. We were doing it, that it, it, all the time. Yeah, it was it was it was happening a lot. And so I don't know if people forget. I don't know if that's damage control, but this team hasn't performed particularly well consistently for the entire season, and therefore they're. The, there was a, we were talking about it, Randy, when they came out of this break, and I asked Kerber, I asked uh, Panger, I asked J.K., I asked all of them, Jr. If they go eight and two coming out of this break, do you think that they are not sellers anymore? That they will stand pat? And they said no. 
we think that they probably could go 10-0 coming out of this break, and they're still going to be trading some people. And let me make one quick point about damage control. Damage control would be when those guys, Tarasenko and O'Reilly, sign elsewhere as free agents and the Blues didn't get anything for them, and teams right and left were trading number one picks for unrestricted mm-hmm. coming up free agents. If you lose those assets and don't get anything for them and still don't make the playoffs, yeah. that's when you really have to pro- perform some da- damage Indeed. control. Kerry, yeah. Randy, coming up on 101 ESPN, it is President's Day. Carolyn Kindle of St. Louis City SC, Bill DeWitt the third, the president of your St. Louis Cardinals, coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Happy President's Day. What a time in sports. The Blues heading down the stretch. The Battlehawks getting things going yesterday. Next weekend, the inaugural game in the history of St. Louis City SC. We're uh, going to talk to Carolyn Kindle about that in just a few moments. The Cardinals have started spring training. Going to talk to the president of the St. Louis Cardinals, Bill DeWitt III, about that in just a moment. And, Kerry, we also had a chance to talk to uh, Chris Zimmerman this morning. So we are celebrating President's Day here on 101 ESPN. We are. And it's a... Great to have the presidents of all of our local clubs on, local organizations on, and, and be a part of you know what we do here at the opening drive. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I'll tell you what, the excitement level is great for soccer. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time coming yes. since Carolyn Kindle got involved and then started building the, the program. And so it's really going to be awesome to have... That team playing every week in their first game is Saturday night in Austin. And then, of course, one week later on March 4th, 7.30 game here in St. Louis against Charlotte. By the way, if you look at the schedule, they're doing it the European way. So the home team is listed first rather than oh. second on the uh, on the, the table in uh, in soccer. That's Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, And we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And the president of St. Louis City SC, Carolyn Kindle, joins us on the opening drive. Carolyn, good morning. How are you doing? I'm fine. Good morning to both of you. We're excited to have you with us. And by the way, I don't think you've been on this iteration of the program with Kerry and I. So welcome to your, your first visit into the opening drive. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a kickoff to an exciting week. So what better way to start off my week than with you guys? It's great to have you with us on President's Day. How excited are you? I, I was just mentioning to Carrie, so much time and effort has gone into this from that very first press conference at Matthews Dickey. And here you are just less than a week away from your first game. How excited are you? I'm so excited. You know, I mean, it's it's sort of surreal. It's hard to believe we're here. You know, I made a comment last week. I remember when we were talking about, you know, years and months and weeks, and now we're talking about days. But I'm so proud of this entire team. Lutz has put together um, a fantastic squad. So to be able to showcase all of their hard work um, is definitely probably my favorite part of the weekend coming up. Hey, Carolyn, I, I read somewhere that your favorite color is pink. And so I have to ask, is that part of the reason that the kits have just a little bit of hint of pink in them? Uh, I, I love the color. I, I was wondering if that was the case. Well, I mean, I don't want to take all the credit. <laughs> uh, but I certainly joked around a little bit about it. And it turns out that City Red um, is a super popular color, um, but I might have dropped a few hints about that. <laughs> Good choice. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. And you must love it when you're behind a car and you see a St. Louis City license plate frame or driving around a neighborhood and you see the flags, all of the support that the franchise already has from the community. You know, it's funny because three years ago, I would see a sticker on somebody's car and I immediately knew it was one of my employees. <laughs> and now you like, wow, that's a fan. And point to see the flags and the hats. And the shirts, you know, especially at Mardi Gras, you know, it's hard to believe that we created that brand with that crest and those colors and the name, of course, with, you know, input from the entire region. But to see it come to life in the way that it has, you know, as much as, like you said, the support before we even had a match is a very humbling experience, but a great reminder of how fantastic people are in this region. When you talk about it coming to life, it's been a process of, of years, and now here you are a few days away. What is the feeling that you're, you're experiencing right now as, as we approach uh, the 25th? I mean, just excitement. You know, I mean, now we're through the construction. We have a beautiful stadium in City Park and an entire you know, training facility and pitches. Um, you know, but you kind of have that, wow, I get to like take a deep breath, actually enjoy the moment um, and finally just celebrate all of the hard work and everything that we talked about, about what a great gift we want this to be to the city. You're finally here. And so it'll be nice to be able to prove everything that we've worked so hard for over the last couple of years. Hey, Carolyn, I'm an emotional sports fan. So I know I can tell you right now that when we're up in the press box for that opener and I see your stadium and your team takes the field, I'm going to probably hyperventilate a little bit and I'll, I'll get misty eyed. Are you going to do you anticipate being emotional in Austin on uh, on Saturday night and especially here on the 4th of, of March? Is that part of your personality? Oh, yes. I saw um, Ben Fred's article and started tearing up on the treadmill this morning. <laughs> I think that. This is, I think it's adrenaline rush, and I think March 5th, when I'm going to treat myself to nothing but junk food and sleep, I think it'll really hit me because, um, you know, I'm hoping, and I have full confidence, it's going to be such a success. Um, so I'm really looking forward uh, to March 5th to just being able to really enjoy and appreciate everything we've gone through the previous week. Well, we are looking forward to it. Thanks for what you've done to bring MLS soccer to the community. We can't thank you enough. And happy President's Day, Carolyn. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. That is Carolyn Kendall. She's the president of St. Louis City SC. And now we move back to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and the president of your St. Louis Cardinals, Bill DeWitt III, joins us on President's Day as well. Bill, good to have you with us. Thanks for your time. How are you doing? Hey, Randy. I'm good. I didn't get the theme until just now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing the President's Day thing. Uh, first and foremost, and it's, it's a nice day in St. Louis, but it's not Jupiter nice. Are you going to make your way down to Florida? I am. Uh, in about, uh, about two weeks, I'll head down there for a good stretch. Hey, Bill, uh, Scott Rowland just picked the Cardinals to be his uh, representation as he goes into the Hall of Fame. Does that, how does that make you all feel, knowing the legacy and the history of, of Cardinals players, uh, the names and faces on, those, on that wall in the outfield, to just ha- add another addition to what the Cardinals have done throughout their history? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I think, um, you know, Scott's one of those cases where, um, you know, he could sort of a, could have gone either way, and uh, we're really appreciative that he picked the Cardinals. I think probably because you know he had his best years here, won the World Series here, and um, uh, you know it was pretty cool. I think how he did it, where he he consulted with the Hall of Fame. He's very respectful and kind of said, "What do you guys think?" And um, you know, we hear that he was 
kind of open to suggestions. And, you know, that's just kind of a refreshing thing because I think a lot of people just go in it with, you know, this is what I'm going to do and that's that. And, um, you know, the hall um, has opinions on occasion. And, you know, I think obviously pick the right one, right? No doubt about it. Hey, Bill, the history of the Cardinals is you retire the numbers of Hall of Famers. Would you anticipate that, that this season, 27, will find its way out to the wall? You know, we're going to review our overall approach to that issue. Um, we're in actually doing that right now, talk to some people. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, there are a lot of Cardinals who actually are in the hall. There, there's several, and mm-hmm. but not necessarily retired numbers. Um, so, you know, I think we have to review it and, and take a look at it in the context of overall Cardinal history, what we've done, what we might do in the future. So. I would call it under review. Yeah, and mm-hmm. with all due respect to franchises that have a ton of retired numbers, number 93, number 97, number number 86, uh, having a bunch of players with those numbers, those just aren't they aren't attractive numbers, Bill. Those are just they're they're kind of meh numbers. Yeah, I mean fast forward 100 years, they'll probably be three digit numbers. <laughs> That's but, exactly right. Um, I, you know, I just um but it's um you know, look, it's a good problem to have for us. I think, um, you know, one of the considerations will be when you look at uh, Scott's career, you know, what percentage of it is, is as a Cardinal. Um, and, you know, I think it's somewhere around 35, 38%. Um, so, you know, you put that into context with other players who, um, you know, might have had more or less and, and take all that into account. I wanted to ask you one question about tickets because so often on our text line, we get the, the text that says, I can't afford to go to a game. And you had a flash sale last week where fans could get $6 tickets with $6 in Cardinal cash. So essentially you were, you were giving away tickets and people are going to buy concessions and pay for parking and things like that. But how much of a focus is it for you, Bill, as the president of the club and, and the organization to make Cardinal baseball affordable for families? I mean, that's a huge priority for us. We, we have tickets under $10 on 80% of our games and, um, you know, baseball is different than the other sports because 81 games, um, you've got huge capacities in these stadiums. We're 45,000 plus, and we want to fill the ballpark. Whenever I talk to our ticketing guys and they kind of have that dilemma of price versus affordability in terms of, you know, should we just make sure we, we call it paint the stadium with, with fans – we err on the side of doing that. You know, um, other clubs might have a slightly different approach, um, but we really just believe, you know, between our different programs with school groups and youth groups and um, other sort of group sales that um, getting people in the ballpark and having that experience, um, maybe they're younger or whatever, but at, at the end of the day, later in life, they'll be ticket buyers at full price. So, that's our philosophy, and it's worked for us great so far. Hey, Bill, we talked about names and faces on that outfield wall, and there's one name that a lot of Cardinal fans are are expecting to eventually be on that wall, and that's Jordan Walker. What is your level of excitement uh, for him when he does arrive here in St. Louis? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's so fun to have really good prospects because, um, you know, it's always about what you're going to do tomorrow in this game, and um, to have a really nice farm system, and he's sort of headlining it right now. 
um, it, it just bodes well for the future. I mean, to have a good team and a good farm system, that's a pretty rare spot to be in. So I'm very excited about Cardinals right now uh, for those two reasons. Um, we've had that in a few different pockets of time over the last 30, 28 years. Um, but, you know, this this period in time is, is a really good one in that respect. And uh, I'm just really excited about having several African-American players in our pipeline. I just think it's a good way of rounding out our, our look and feel and the roster. And we've had such great history of that. Um, and Jordan sort of headlines that class. And it's very exciting from my point of view. We're looking forward to another great Cardinal season. Bill DeWitt, always good to have you with us on the show here on 101 ESPN. We'll talk soon. Have a great spring training. Okay, thanks, guys. See you later. That is the Cardinal president, Bill DeWitt III, on 101 ESPN on this happy President's Day. So we've talked to Chris Zimmerman. We talked to Carolyn Kindle. We talked to our friend Bill DeWitt. Coming up, Ryan O'Reilly has obviously been traded, and he did so much in our community, not only on the ice and in Enterprise Center, but outside Enterprise Center. We're going to talk to a guy who spent a lot of time with Ryan. Another good friend, Terry Crouppen, is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Hey, you got any fours? Nope. Go fish. Terry, let me ask you a question. You know, is being a lawyer tough? Yeah, it is, right? It is. Like, you know, have you ever, you know, ever been, like, punched in the face in the courtroom? I mean, like, like really hard. No. No, I haven't. That doesn't seem like it's it's that tough. Do you have any nines? Ryan, go fish yourself. <laughs> uh, that's a, a Brown and Crouppen commercial, and we know this is amazing. We go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to welcome a celebrity, the host of Three Lawyers Eating Sandwiches. Uh, his name is Terry Crouppen on the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line uh, with Kerry Davis. Uh, Terry, it's Randy Carricker. How you doing this morning? I'm good, Randy. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to hear your voice. And I, I, I'm i glad that I was able to introduce you on your own celebrity line. Yeah. How many people get to do that? <laughs> it's great. Hey, I know you developed a, a really good relationship with Ryan O'Reilly, and you're such a staunch supporter of the community and the, and the sports community. It, it's a real bummer to have him leave. It really is. And you know what? I'm not a staunch supporter. I'm a St. Louisan. We all are staunch reporters. You know, sports is a big deal to all of us. You know, we got great teams, the St. Louis Cardinals, and, uh, you know, we've had a great sports history. So, yeah, and I was very sad to hear about it. Hey, Terry, you've been uh, in St. Louis a, a figure for a long time. You've done a lot of commercials. You had a, a Super Bowl commercial a couple of years ago, the, the Stand Still Stinks commercial. You had a commercial where you were Terry the goalie. Uh, what is your favorite commercial of, of all? You know, probably the first Super Bowl ad we did. Uh, right after the, the uh, Rams left, I was real, I was hot about it. <laughs> and, and, and I remember I'm sitting at home watching the playoffs, and it just strikes me. I said, we're not going to be in the playoffs. We're never going to be on the playoffs. It's all over. And it's all because that jerk, Stan Kroenke, needed another billion dollars, you know? You know, let, let me tell you this. Let me make a guarantee to my friends in St. Louis. If I ever have $10, 20000000000 billion and somebody offers me another billion to sell out St. Louis, I will never do it. 
And your, your anger, it was great that we, when you did that spot a few years ago, because I actually watched that commercial last night. Your anger was palpable. You were, <laughs> you, I mean, that was not acting. You were really, really mad. It was fun. Oh, no. I mean, just think of everything he stole from us. You know? You know, I was, I got on, I was an early adopter with the Rams, and, and 1999 was the greatest sports year of my life. I mean, we went to every game. We had, I held up, I actually had a, a D and a fence sign that I held up. <laughs> we, we tailgated, and we thought, this is just the beginning. And it turned out it wasn't too much of just the beginning. It was pretty much everything. But, uh, but no, when he left, and the way he left, and the, and the deception, and the, you know, the, the, you know the, just the way he, he took the city and trashed us, uh, yeah, I was angry. Still am. Yeah, I still. I wrote. I am the world's greatest anti-Rams fan. I am thrilled when they win, they lose, and when they win, I ruins my day. Terry, we have to watch. We have to hate watch together because my favorite team in the NFL every week. I have no emotional investment except for the team that's playing the Rams. That's my favorite team every week. Yeah, and, and yeah, I agree with you. And and you know what's funny? I finally got over the Cardinals. I mean, I was just learning to live with it and not hate them so much, especially when Kurt Warner played for them. But now that, that, it'll never end. No, I hate the Rams. I, I Anything bad, I don't want any physical harm to come to any of them. But, boy, I sure want all of them to just be miserable every time they see a football. <laughs> Terry Crouppen with us on 101 ESPN. Okay, I want to circle back to O'Reilly because I was told that in one of your spots where you're playing poker and he uh, he ups the ante with his tooth, that you had to do 10 takes. He took his tooth out 10 different times to, uh, to he, up the ante. Amazingly. He, you know, it was an interesting thing. I had just met Ryan that day, and I remember when I first met him, I said, you know, I want this to be something that we both are proud and happy with. And I said, the only way that's going to happen, if we can really quickly establish some sort of, of comfort with each other. So I just grabbed him and I gave him a big hug. And, and in his, to his credit, he just grabbed me back and gave me a big hug. And, and we really sort of quickly established some comfort around each other. And then when it was time, one of the guys, uh, Ed Herman, my, one of my partners, said, uh, does he have a fake tooth? You know, he could throw that into the middle. I said, shut up. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I said, who, you don't, he doesn't want to do that. You know, who wants to sh- take a tooth out and, and, and put it on the table? And, and I look over at Ryan, he's got his tooth in his hand. He said, what do you want? <laughs> and I said, Ryan, I mean, if you don't have to do this. I mean, I'm paying you, but you don't have to do this. And he said, it's nothing. He said, I take it out every time I get home and every time I eat. So, yeah, he did. He throws it on the table. I'm looking at it. It's disgusting. And, and I'm thinking, what a nice, you know, what a guy who's comfortable in his own skin is Ryan O'Reilly. And, and as the day went on, he just, uh, you know, he couldn't have been a nicer person to deal with. And we just had a wonderful day. Hey, Terry, you, uh, you speak about uh, St. Louis football. Were you able to catch the Battlehawks game this weekend? You know something? I'm in Florida currently. I'm, I'm vacationing, and I didn't. But I'm going to go to some Battlehawks games, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I have a T-shirt 
I don't know where it came from, but I, I sit around wearing a Battlehawks t-shirt. So, and, and everybody I've talked to who's been there loves it. So I'm going to go and, and I'm going to become a Battlehawks fan. Love it. Hey, and, and, and when they merged the XFL and the NFL and the St. Louis Battlehawks are in it, that's my day. Yes, <laughs> that'll be beautiful. Uh, Terry Crouppen, one more thing from me. I mentioned at the top that on YouTube, people can just search three lawyers eating sandwiches. Okay, so... I'm going to have somebody that hasn't been in town, grew up here, but moved away after college and hasn't been back in 20, 30, 40 years. And I want to take this person to the best sandwich or burger place in town. What's the one that you're going to send me to? You you know what? It's not a burger place, but I think the best lunch in town is Adriana's on the Hill. I mean, first of all, it's a family-run deal. They're the nicest people and to be honest with you, we did a whole episode there. And my wife, who I told I was going to the gym, uh, drives up. She's <laughs> Italian and grew up on the hill. And she, was, I'm, I'm panicking. I said, my God, I'm sitting here with some gigantic meatball sandwich. And it's, I got tomato sauce all over me. And she thought I was at the gym. I think I'm in trouble. I'm going to be in the doghouse now forever. But if Adrian is on the hill, that's where I would say if you're going to have one meal, you know, they should give it just just give it to everybody going to get the death sentence. You know, just take them to Adriana. It's the greatest food in St. Louis. I. It should just be the standard last meal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was almost my last. <laughs> hey, great to hear your voice, Terry. Thanks for uh, coming on with us and and sharing your your Ryan O'Reilly memories. And he'll do really well in Toronto. Hopefully, he'll win another I, cup. I'm there. hoping and take good care of my my call in line. You know, I'm going to be calling in a lot on this one. That's what I want to hear. Know, Okay. Yeah, it is. For it is, and will forevermore be known as the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And we love to well, mention it all while we can. And you're always welcome. You have an open invitation on this show. Yeah, I just I'll be listening in. All right, thanks, <laughs> Thank Terry. Thank you, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. That's our friend Terry Crouppen from Brown and Crouppen, and obviously a great supporter of 101 ESPN. And like he said. Well, he didn't say it. He said he's a St. Louisan. He is a staunch supporter of the St. Louis sports scene and mm-hmm. obviously our community. Definitely. And and uh, the Super Bowl commercial, as you said, you could feel the anger and the the. He was he was it was a great commercial for all of St. Louis to, especially at that time, right yeah. right then mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Yeah, we were all watching. We were all clapping. Yeah. Standing up and applauding. And doesn't this say everything about Ryan O'Reilly? Two things. Number one, that story that Terry just told about Ryan just taking his tooth out. Yeah, no problem at all. When Chris Kerber had the Stanley Cup at his house, his daughter said, hey, it'd be so cool to have Ryan O'Reilly come over. And Kerber's put this up on Facebook, so I'm not telling any state secrets here. And he just texted Ryan and said, hey, I uh, got the cup over at my house. My daughter would love to have you over here. My dad's here. Can you come over? And lo and behold, Ryan That's O'Reilly awesome. shows up when the when the cup is at uh, Kerb's house. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a great guy. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, we've got rock and roll as we head down the stretch here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Russell Westbrook to the Clippers. Oh. Yeah, they're talking buyout. Yeah, that- it's done. Doesn't surprise me, but it's also, you know, it doesn't move the needle much for me either, Randy. Gotta be honest. No. Doesn't move the needle much for me. No, me either. 
But he's reunited with Paul George, and they like each other. So that's a good thing. And he doesn't have to move. <laughs> that's true. That's the... He probably didn't go to Utah, did he? I don't think he went. I don't no. know. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, what do we got on rock and roll? Well, I, I I got a little story I need to tell you guys because let's let spring of 1992, uh, two uh, hustlers, if you will, were driving down a street in Southern California, and, and they they decided to stop off. And one of those hustlers, by a man by the name of Sydney, he dropped some knowledge that night. He dropped some knowledge, and, and let let's hear what what's happened since then in 1992. Billy, shut up. Billy, listen to me. What? <laughs> White men. Can't jump. And he's putting on the handle. That's what I'm talking about. Mac McClung wins the NBA dunk contest. I called it. It was beautiful. The fact that he re-hit fame. He signed a deal with Puma. He's up in the NBA now getting called up to the 76ers from the G League. All jokes aside, it's great to see a kid just get to take advantage of a moment and really change his life. I mean, he, he was literally up on NBA high or highlight videos in the exact same high school year as Zion Williamson. Yeah. And that's why I remember watching him. It's crazy to me that there's people who never heard of him yeah. considering every Zion Williamson video, it was a Mac McClung video. I just love that he's taking advantage of it the way he has. It, it, it's a, uh, I and mean, I'll play to, to win, I'll play a yeah. clip from that movie. Billy I can. Ho and Sidney Dean are, are iconic. <laughs> they, they are two of the greatest basketball players I'm on. Pump, I'm just pumping you up from, 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 movie history um but mac mcclung did a did a fantastic job of really taking advantage of the moment that was presented to him he 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 understood what was at stake he got signed as i said by the philadelphia 76ers earlier in the week got his opportunity to perform uh, to participate in the dunk contest got the opportunity to bring out post malone yesterday uh in the in the pre uh, halftime or pregame for the uh, for the All Star weekend for the All Star game. Just enjoyed the All Star weekend as a whole, as you should. When you're a young player, you know, really getting your chance to be in that moment for the first time, took full advantage of it. it the, the best part for me, you know, I I always appreciate what fans say. We appreciate what our coaches say, but when your peers your teammates and other players from other teams stand up and cheer you on. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is the best feeling that a professional athlete can receive. We love the fans, you know, the the adulation and how much they cheer for us. But when your peers cheer you on, that lets you know you belong and you're doing the right thing. So that was a great moment for him. And we talked about the Aaron Gordon one where where he went below both legs. Yeah. That's one of the best dunks ever. Going over two guys with one guy on his shoulders, tapping the backboard, yeah. and then dunking, and then following it up with a 540 where you cock it between your legs, those are two of legitimately the best dunks we've seen in the last 10 years. I really like the double pump yes. backwards. That like one was he, sweet, he too. Was, he was in his bag uh, Tapping yesterday. the ball on the backboard is yeah, ridiculous. He was in his bag this weekend, and, and hopefully he does it again next year. He has a dunk on YouTube where he does a 360 and is not looking at the rim as he dunks it. And I think Anthony Davis is the one standing. I thought that was Anthony Davis. It, it, it was a pretty amazing dunk. So he still has some things left in his arsenal that are, are, are available to him. So hopefully, you know, next year maybe we can get a healthy Zion Williamson yeah, right. to participate. Because as you said, those two That'd be fun. being – the, the the YouTube era of high school dunkers and how they were kind of going back and forth against each other. 
I think that would be a really cool moment for those two guys. He said he had eight, and he had to use four of them. He said he had eight that he felt like could get 50s, and he used four of them. So apparently, he's got, got four, four more. more. Yeah, apparently, he's got four more in the bag yeah, for next buddy. year. One other thing I wanted to touch on uh, we talked about it last week. We kept getting a texter talking about Rex Ryan eventually getting back into the NFL coaching. And well, he's interviewed with the Denver Broncos, and I thought this was interesting. On game night over the weekend, Orlando Franklin, a former Broncos <laughs> offensive lineman, talked about why he thinks Rex Ryan could push Russell Wilson better in Denver. What has Rex Ryan been saying about Russell Wilson? He's been saying Russell Wilson sucks. Yep. He's been, t- he's he been telling it, it exactly how he it is. It. Yep. And in a football locker room, you got to have coaches that have a chip on their shoulder, just mm-hmm. like players. For me, I look at Rex Ryan as an arrogant guy that has let the world know exactly what he feels about Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson knows what Rex Ryan feels about him. So I love that competition nature now of the sport that you're going to see every single day. You're going to have Russell Wilson trying to expose Rex Ryan's defense, and Rex Ryan trying to expose Russell Wilson. And guess what it puts a better product out there on the field on Sundays because of it. Carrie, is that kind of combative but competitive relationship yeah, that, healthy that, for That's not how that works. It's not how that works. If, if you have a coach who is an analyst that is kind of berating a, a current player that now you're coaching or coaching on the same team as, it could go. It could go south. It could. It could end up. You know where there's no communication between. I mean, and there's not. That, that there be needs anyway. to no, be, there won't be because he's an offensive player and, and Rex is a defensive coordinator. But uh, trust me, you you will have moments where I've seen players talk to opposing coordinators um, on their team and, and and tell them, "Hey, move around. This is not. We don't do that over here. Get away." Mm-hmm. And it, it can be kind of contentious. So it, it, I don't think that that will be the thing that the bond that ties all of them together. Uh, the fact that Re- Rex Ryan was was kind of demeaning in, in Russell's play. Russell knows he did I mean, I hope he knows he didn't yeah. play well. And it's not like Russell's going to be going against Rex Ryan's number one defense in practice or that they, Rex Ryan's yeah, going to be able to blitz they have, you have Russell periods, Wilson. But it's only – we would have a period where ones versus ones, but it would be like Wednesday, third down pickup. We'd yeah. have five plays. That's it. And it's not like you, – you don't go against them every single day. Maybe in training camp, you're not going to hit the quarterback. There are going to be times where you get to compete against the ones – but once the season starts, it's it's ones versus twos uh, versus offense and defense. Yeah. So, and it's, so not a, it's not a big deal. Bottom line, Russell Wilson isn't going to be able to expose any defense of Rex Ryan if Rex Ryan would wind up there. That, yeah. that clip really made me wonder, what, what exactly was John Fox and Gary Kubiak doing like during Broncos practices if that's what Orlando Franklin's <laughs> experience as coaches was? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Hey, Rock, there was an uh, interesting text here. Do, uh, with the way that Mac McClung no, performed this weekend, read this? does he now rank higher than Kobe Bryant? No, he doesn't oh, rank higher okay. than Kobe Bryant. I just wonder. Okay. It's, it's Good funny. question. This is a very good. It's a, it's a legitimate question we have. You ready for this one? We have yeah, to ask him. He broke. He, he broke a Kobe Bryant record in the dunk contest. What? Fewest NBA games ever played by a dunk contest winner. Kobe Bryant had thirty nine when he won his dunk contest. Mac McClung has two. And he, wow. his, his dunk contest is better than than Kobe's. We yeah. will give him that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Great job today by our producer engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. CD Happy Presidents Day. Didn't get to. We didn't get to. We the didn't song. get to it. We had, we had so oh, we had all the presidents God, on. The we did. Uh, George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, James K. Polk, and Zachary Taylor, Millard, Fillmore, Frank Limpis, James Buchanan, Abraham Lincoln. And that's how I, I think that's, that's where good. I go. Hey, we got 16. We got 16 to 46. That's pretty good. Oh, man. 
And we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Have a glorious President's Day, everybody. Take care of the president that you love. And uh, for all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.